0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The European Le Mans series on RS3. On RS3.
1: Part of the Radio Show Limited Network.
0: Welcome, everybody, to our annual preview to the European Le Mans series. We've already reached, then, the time that the championship kicks off again for uh, no less than its 15th season. It's gone through various different guises. The Le Mans series, as it used to be known, with LMP1 cars, of course, but now, firmly, LMP2 is the top class. Um, We've regularly waxed lyrical about that famous Donington Park round in 2012 where we had, I think, 11 cars entered, This weekend, for Paul Ricard, there are no less than 45 cars in the European Le Mans series. We have made strides since only six years ago. It's a combined weekend as well, and I'm going to be chatting in a moment to Graham Goodwin of dailysportscar.com. Looking forward to the 2018 European Le Mans series. But first of all, a dose of the Michelin Le Mans Cup. So, Johnny Palmer and Graham Goodwin for this two-hour preview. We're here in the south of France, and, um, well, I expected sunshine, Graham. We've had very little of that. I mean, you've been here for weeks, seemingly.
1: Uh, it feels like weeks, yeah. Uh, there is plenty of sunshine. Unfortunately, it's about 30,000 feet above the very low clouds that we've got here, Johnny. It is tipping it down to the point where, as we look out of the uh, the French windows, appropriately, of our fabulous villa here, uh, complete with cats that doesn't actually belong here, uh, it's difficult to tell which bit is terrace and which bit is pool, but uh, we're, we're here with plenty of chocolates, plenty of beer in the fridge, and two hours ahead of us to, to gonna go through what I think is going to be a fantastic season in the European Le Mans series of Michelin Le Mans Cup.
0: So the Michelin Le Mans Cup cars uh, lined up for their um, test session, their, their prologue, if you like, on Wednesday of this week. Um, 29 cars have been entered into the Michelin Le Mans Cup, and uh, you know, GTs have... Struggled a little bit, we must remember that this is effectively the GT class that used to be part of the ELMS, a GTC, so they're all GT3 cars, but we've had one very late entry, what does that now bring us uh, the the entry up to in terms of numbers?
1: Well in terms of numbers we're going to be at around or just beyond 30 for the opening round, it's going to be around 8 GT cars, we'll wait and see what turns out from the test, I think there's some teams that were having uh, final conversations about deals for this race and for the season, um, at that test, it was rain affected in both sessions. It, at times, looked a bit more like a powerboat race, I'm afraid, than a test session, a t- session around uh, the Paul Ricard circuit. But uh, eight, which is a better uh, number for the season, if it turns out to be a season entry for GTs than we've had recently, dominated by Ferraris, mm-hmm. just that single uh, Lamborghini Huracan GT3 from F- uh, F- excuse me SVC, Sport Management, returning with Cedric Mazar and Stevie S, and a single Porsche 2. Another team, by the way, in common with SVC, Scuderia La Corsa, that will be contesting both the Michelin Le Mans Cup and the the European Le Mans series. That car coming from EB Motors didn't venture out yesterday in the wet, uh, but the Ferraris all did. Six of those listed, including, happy to say, one glorious whaling 458. I know, that's back,
0: isn't it? After we thought we'd waved goodbye to the, the old-school 4.5-litre V8, normally aspirated, and there's uh, something about Paul Ricard and how the engines reverberate around that place, so much open land, and you can just instantly tell that it's a 458 shooting by on the Mistral.
1: You can. It's a glorious thing, isn't it? A glorious well. We did think we'd seen the last of the 458s in international competition at this level uh, with the... Uh, the exit from stage left at about 200 miles an hour at, at uh, Monza with the race-winning JMW car before it was parked by Jim McWhirter and co, replaced by what became the race and championship-winning 488 GT3, uh, GTE. We'll talk about that car, I'm sure, later. Mm-hmm. But, yep, 458 it is. Uh, and with a number of teams that uh, listeners will recognise, Kessel Racing entering a trio of uh, Ferraris. Uh, we've got Spirit of Race and AF course, with a car... A piece and the Steeler F Squadra course team from San Marino here, and it's them that enter that Ferrari 458 GT3 for the splendidly named Martin Grab and the extraordinarily Swiss, Swiss sounding name of Yoshiki Amura. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's thrown one or two people off I think in the past but we'll be on top of it come the commentary this weekend incidentally uh, an addition to our coverage on the radio show limited network this weekend is qualifying for the Michelin Le Mans cup often that hasn't been taken by the radio uh, station but uh, that will be available on Saturday together with the race Saturday evening not talked about the calendar which uh, has changed a little bit since last year Um, we're in France in April and beginning to regret that frankly because uh, normally we're here in August and it is wall to wall sunshine it's going to be dry by the weekend we understand Saturday well certainly Sunday's race will have elements of dryness I'm not sure about Saturday need to check a forecast on that uh, sometime on Friday but yeah kicking off at uh, Le Castellet in France for a two hour race obviously sharing the bill with the ELMS then it's pretty much a race every month apart from August so the second race takes place in Italy at Monza on the 12th of May. There's then two races at Le Mans. Bear in mind, uh, they're the two, well, near enough hour-long sprints. A tank in one of these LMP3 cars won't quite do the hour, so it's going to be two 55-minute races around Circuit de la Sarthe.
1: One midweek Thursday, I think? Yeah, Thursday evening is the first race. It'll be race morning. Well, the second race, that's getting real following both trackside and amongst the the teams that, that will be a kind of gathering of the clans of LMP3 and I'm sure a lot of guest entries in GT as well, we've seen that uh, happening before with a lot of GT3 cars available to race but yep, yeah, the uh, the major change of course is that switch from the first race of the season mm-hmm. for the LMS as traditionally been at Silverstone that race has moved to August of course uh, for the LMS and uh, we're now here in Paul Rickard I should warn by the way, any listeners uh, that will be at the race meeting this weekend. I'm beginning to find French people telling me, ah, you have brought the weather with you from England, about as amusing as Johnny Molan finds being told he's retired.
0: <laughs> yeah, that joke's getting rather tired now, and I've been here for far fewer days uh, than the DSC crew. Three further rounds, Red Bull Ring, which did happen last year, that's the 22nd of July. Michelin Le Mans Cup doesn't go to Silverstone, so they take August out. But then September's race meeting is Spa on the 22nd, and they finish the year at Portimao in Portugal on the 27th of October. So GT3s, we've mentioned uh, this plethora of Ferraris from Kessel Racing. Um, the British lineup: Ollie Hancock and John Hartshorn, Stands out. Have you had an opportunity to speak to either of those guys this weekend?
1: Uh, Because of the weather, not really, is the honest answer. But both these men have got uh, extensive experience. John has raced in both um, GT cars and uh, in uh, LMP cars as well, in the form of the cars. I think John was the the last one, the last men to actually race a TVR Mm -hmm. uh, at the Le Mans 24 Hours some years ago, and uh, that might be pertinent in the years to come. Ollie Hancock, brother of Sam Hancock, ex. Uh, Aston Martin racing factory driver Of course uh, That I'm sure will go pretty well But there are some names to conjure with Giacomo Puccini, younger brother of Andrea Puccini In the number 8 car uh, We've got uh, Giuseppe Prezzini with Marco Cioci Gold uh, driver in the AF Corsa 71 And Castle Racing, the older the Puccini brothers Andrea uh, with Claudio Schiavoni. Uh, another splendidly Italian name in one of the Ferrari 4 retakes from Kessel. So lots of familiar names in what is a small but reasonably perfectly formed octet of GT talent, Johnny. And we
0: must mention EB Motors being the champions going into this uh, this year from 17. Now, as a result of that, they get themselves a drive at Le Mans, don't they, in the 24 hours. But we've also, well, fingers crossed, got an EB Motors Porsche. In ELMS proper, too, but it's not been plain sailing for them this week.
1: It's not, no. Uh, EB Motors, well known as a Porsche team. In fact, they've got one of their older Porsches actually in the truck there, I think, on the on route from another test here. But uh, it does mark a return to Porsche for EB Motors after campaigning that Lamborghini to the race win, so right to the championship win, rather, uh, last season. So, two Porsches here, and yeah, we'll get to talk about the 80 car and its travails. Uh, a little later on the show I'm sure
0: so we lose a Lamborghini and I mean that's the one thing that that strikes me as far as GT3 is concerned yeah numbers are good variety is not great though we've got okay two different types of Ferrari and a Porsche there are many other GT3 cars that could potentially be here so what's to be done about that is the question I suppose
1: I think the answer is there's lessons here for the race organisers championship organisers they've just got to sell this it's a great championship it goes to some splendid circuits There is the opportunity, of course, to race on the full Le Mans circuit, the only opportunity, with the exception of some guesting cars in uh, the Aston Martin Festival race, uh, the only GT3 opportunity to do so on the full uh, Le Mans circuit. Uh, So I think they've just got to take a different commercial view here. There's no doubt there's plenty of GT3 cars, teams, and car owners out there that could be attracted here, that perhaps the lesson here is that they're, there some aspects of their package that just isn't working there. Whether or not it's price, whether or not it's simply being uh, approached in the correct way, they've just got to learn a lesson. you can do far better than eight guys.
0: And one thing is for sure, we're going to get an awful lot more GT3 cars come the road to the Le Mans races, aren't we, in June?
1: I'd have said probably a good 20 more is the honest answer. We've seen that before. We may well get some of the cars coming from the Asian Le Mans series, although that's been pretty uh, poorly supported by the GT cars as well in the last season. Uh, but, yeah, when you take into account you know, the uh, the cars that are available through the SRO family of uh, race meetings, plus actually a, a booming uh, GT Open series, Jesus Pereira, of course, a bit of a the Mon Hero, uh, and his uh, package based around uh, Spain. And then, you know, more besides. The, the answer there is plenty there. You're going to see a lot more GT3s come June.
0: You're listening to uh, the Radio Show Limited Network of channels and the preview to the 2018 Michelin Le Mans Cup. This is the first half an hour or so of our preview. We'll move on to the European Le Mans series and its three different classes in due course. But uh, LMP3, you just mentioned the word booming. There was talk, of course, through the course of last year about this... System of promotion and relegation. That never really happened, although there is some crossover and some interesting crossover between both championships. Probably best to attack this in number order, but we'll also lump in team cars as well. So let's start with the 2 and the 79 LMP3 cars. They're both Ligiers from Ecuria Cos. stroke, forward stroke, Nielsen. And these are guys that had a lot of success last year, not only in this championship, but
1: also in the UK-based Cup. Yeah, indeed, reigning champions in the LMP3 Cup uh, in the UK, run by Butte Motorsport. Two cars this season in Michelin Le Mans Cup, and we'll be talking about them again in the LMS. But uh, some good drivers and some well-known names as well uh, for people that have followed UK national and some international racing. The number two car, uh, both Lugers, by the way, Tony Wells, who's uh, actually raced in LMP2 uh, on the occasion in the European Le Mans series, and James Littlejohn, a very, very quick driver indeed, in the 79 car, it's Colin Noble and Alistair McCaig, the reigning LMP3 Cup champions from the UK, and it's with Alistair et al. that brings the Ikori Cost Banner with this. They do look splendid, white-based cars, with, of course, the uh, the deep blue of the saltire, um, and very proud, indeed, of those racing colours. So, uh, you know, Sven and the boys at uh, Nielsen uh, Racing can run these cars extremely quickly. It's going to be very interesting, indeed, to see how quickly they can adapt to... Uh, the challenges of racing on the European level above the national level.
0: And they're not the first team that we will be talking about uh, that are expanding to to two-car entries as well from the, the solo effort in 2017. DKR Engineering are next, the number three car. This is the first of the Norma M30s and those that followed the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year will know all about DKR champions and they move, well, the champion drivers move into ELMS but the team remains in the Le Mans Cup with uh, a
1: couple of new signings. They do, so it's two normas this year for DKR, as you say, one apiece in the championships we'll be covering this show, Johnny. And uh, the number three norma in the hands of returning Jens Pettersen. he's uh, a man who's been around for some time in ACO Rules Racing, and the splendidly named Leonard Hürgenboom. He is a silver driver from the Netherlands, and we saw already in the challenging conditions yesterday right up at the top of the timing screens for DKR. Uh, That looks like it's got potential to be something of a title challenger. We'll talk about the other car a little later because that's made some ripples in a non-weather-related way uh, in the LMS. Uh,
0: Brookspeed, a team I know well from, well, things like Porsche Cayman Racing. I don't really know them in in prototype uh, stuff, though. And they're no stranger to uh, racing outside of the UK and international motorsport. Hence, Well, you could say hence their name, Brookspeed International Motorsport. Not sure whether this is going to be their regular driver lineup in the number four car, but they have Jordan Sanders, possibly not this weekend though, and John Shawman. I think Sanders will be in for the rest
1: of the year. Yeah, well, Brookspeed, long established in sports car racing, go back to the nineties, the early two thousands, where they were racing GTS class uh, Vipers internationally, including Petit Le Mans at least on one. Occasion Later on, went on to win the British GT Championship with a GT3-spec Viper. And you're quite right, Johnny, in uh, recent years, have been racing those Porsche Cayman GT4-spec cars internationally. Martin Braebrook, based out of Eastley in Hampshire, just outside Southampton. And delighted to see, by the way, uh, his regular partner in crime, Doug Bebb, ex-race engineer for Williams, back in the glory, glory days. That brand is back with them. Uh, John Shalman, you'll recognise that name, I know, from some of those international efforts and it looks like it is Nicholas uh, Rondé will be with the team for the, uh, the Port Ricard events. Car looks splendid, again a white based car with with uh, really very good looking blue and gold sil- uh, gold rather yellow highlights the car, really does, uh, do, does stand out, be an easy one to pick out for us on the TV coverage
0: that's always good news yes especially with so many cars and you always have to remember which mode we're in as well whether it's the lms or uh, lmc moving to cool racing again very easy cars to spot from switzerland and a uh, renowned driver lineup for those guys antonin Borger and alexandre quagny these are the nine and the 24 cars um Although the number nine, I don't think it's going to be here this weekend, so it'll just be the 24 in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Is that, t- does that tally with your entry list? They are a little fluid at the moment. They
1: are. They have been a little bit fluid. Uh, in fact, we've got two, the, the 24 and the 34 currently okay. listed, but there, there have been a bit bits of movement around who's testing, who's racing. So actually, the final entry list, I think, for Michelin Le Mans Cup, we'll only find out when we get to the track tomorrow. Uh, the team have had some issues uh, with the 34, uh, that car lost a chassis in a bit of a, a, a spin and one's own collected by an LMP2 car and spent much of one of the days of the test actually completely rebuilding the car around a spare tub. Uh, but cool racing. Looking to take steps forward, they seem to struggle to find consistent pace through last season, but it's Alexandra Kwangi and Antonin Borga are uh, named in the 24. In fact, knows, oh, that, that gives you the answer, named in both cars. So it will be the 24 just for... Uh, this race this time, but they are think are looking to add a second car yeah. beyond here,
0: yeah, the number nine is on the f- what 's called the final entry list, but we only have two drivers against it uh, sorry one driver against it at the moment, which is jerry kraut so and he 's the bronze. what we need is a b driver and I, I do think that the nine car is to be confirmed, so uh, it's one, possibly two this weekend for Cool.
1: Yeah, well, Jerry Kraut's well known to uh, listeners on Radio Show Limited's uh, IMSA radio coverage because he's uh, a regular uh, exponent of the IMSA prototype challenge. So he'll be, I'm sure, uh, keen to get his, his season off with a bang. Let's wait and see. But certainly, it seems to me that the, it's going to be the, the Le Mans races that are the big attraction for Jerry and the number nine car.
0: RLR Motorsports, who um, certainly made waves towards the, the top six, uh, will be present with two cars, 14 and 59. And um, we had a nice little chat with... Uh, was that Job who popped into the media centre yesterday?
1: Hey, it was indeed. Job van Uthet, uh is the new young gun for RLRN Sport. He's been working through the closed season with John Ferrano. John, switching to Job from Alex Capardi we'll come talk about Alex in a moment but uh, watch out for this young Dutch driver coming out of junior single seater racing and he's been putting in some stellar test times aboard the number 14 car John Ferrano by the way has found some real time and consistency over the close season that uh, time with Alex and now time with Yerb seems to be uh, paying off massively and watch too for some different colour schemes in the cars from our LRM Sport this year uh, the uh, the boards around the pit garage may still be adorned by the familiar yellow and black stripes, but it's different colours on each of the cars this year. So
0: that's the 14. The 59, well, we talk about Alex because he'll be one of many drivers on double duty this weekend, mm-hmm. won't he? Yeah. And, and therefore, flat out. Uh, Ross Warburton and Alex Capardia, uh, regular teammates. DB Autosport are a new name on me. They've got a, two Norma's, in fact. Norma M30s, again, for the French crew, numbers 20
1: and twenty one. Yep, yeah, and uh, we're going to see a big uptick in the number of Normas heading to the track. Should, be, by the way, mention too, before we move on to them, yeah. that John Ferrano and Jürgen van Vritert are double duty crew, because they will also be racing together with a third driver in the LMS. But yep, yeah, DB Motorsports have been around for some little time, uh, V2V racing for them and bringing their Normas onto uh, you know, a different level again with... Well, perhaps not the most familiar sounding names to to many, but if you do follow that kind of club and national level sports car racing, the likes of Nicolas Schatz uh, certainly will be uh, familiar to you. My guess would be they're going to be using this as a launch pad to see where they stand against their peers at this level before deciding whether the LMS might be in their short to medium term future.
0: Now, uh, a team that have brought no less than seven cars this weekend, running three of them, in the Michelin Le Mans Cup United Autosports Anglo-American squad you'll know all about Zach Brown and Richard Dean who runs the the team owner and uh, effectively team manager three cars then in the, the Michelin Le Mans Cup so looking to I suppose bring drivers through get them experienced and get them used to a Ligier JSP3 with eyes to take them to the European Le Mans series but this is a cracking way to start and also gets you a couple of races at Le Mans later in the year
1: it does, right? Three cars and some, again, familiar names. Uh, been some last-minute shuffles in the United Autosports uh, team. 22 car in the hands of Matt Bell, brother, of course, of Rob Bell, uh, younger brother with Jim McGuire, the man behind the aero Paints phenomenon, and the car does look absolutely phenomenal. It was quick yesterday in the hands of both drivers, uh, not uh, untypically, particularly in the hands of Matt Bell. 23, and a late addition there, this is the Golf Marine livery car. It's had a livery, a re-livery since we last saw it ...in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. You'll have seen that livery, Johnny, because it raced in those colours... ...the more silver colours at Mm -hmm. the Gulf 12 Hours. Uh, But Christian England stepping across from the ELMS squad... ...to the Michelin Le Mans Cup in support of Richard Means... ...who continues in this, his car. The 32 car, meanwhile, new addition. That's Najaf uh, Hussein, who for most of the t- season will be supported by another familiar name to IMSA Radio listeners, Core Sports' Colin Brown. Colin is busy this weekend, of course, on another uh, track that's going to be covered by John Hindoff and the, and the crew uh, around the streets of Long Beach. So he's replaced by Indian driver Mahavir Rajhuntan, Ra- 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 I think that's the name.
0: I want to talk to Mojave just to get the correct pronunciation. because, uh, Well, yes, for, for us Brits who uh, might struggle a little bit. I mean, I, I'm famous for mispronouncing most people's names. I struggle with my own, frankly. <laughs> so um, it'll be nice to, to meet up with both of those guys because they're not necessarily going to be here for the full year.
1: Uh, certainly the second driver there isn't. Colin Brown is uh, slated to actually appear in that car. I think the guys were very keen to get him up to speed here if they possibly could because we might just get some changeable conditions. You're right, what you said earlier in the show, Johnny, uh, weather forecast rather better for the weekend. But then again, we've heard that before this week and been rather let down. But uh, United Autosports, all three cars look great. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see at least one of those at the sharp end.
0: Moving forward to a British crew now, number 25, an entry from Lannan Racing, who are not a stranger necessarily to this paddock in the recent past, probably a couple of years ago. Michael Benham and Duncan Tappy, I'm certainly more familiar with those guys in a Von Ryan Racing McLaren, a bright orange car, certainly Duncan's raced those cars in the past. So this is a little bit of a new venture for those guys, a car with much more downforce and power.
1: Yep, it's a Norma uh, for starters. Ladin Racing coming back to LMP3 racing in Europe. After a season last year in the asia Le Mans series supporting the ARC Bratislava team in asia of Le Mans, and before that ran one of the early Genetas with some little success in the European Le Mans series. So, Graham Johnson and the guys now uh, relaunching ef- effectively their campaign in LMP3. Mike Benham and Duncan Tappy in the last year or two. Uh, have been running in GT Open with Garage 59 in the McLaren 650 SGT3, but have also taken in the Road to Le Mans race last year. So they had a, a, an opportunity to look here, but interestingly, they've opted to step up from a GT to an lmp 3 car. The Lannan Racing Norma looks absolutely gorgeous. It's a red and white livery in the tipping conditions uh, that we saw yesterday, just glancing as the car came through the final turn. I swear to God, the thing looked like a Toyota TSO 50.
0: Which is no bad thing at all, so they should be highly commended for that. CD Sport, another new entry for this uh, Michelin Le Mans Cup, and it's uh, another Norma M30, a German and French
1: driving combination. Uh, yes, indeed, CD Sport, another team with fine form in GT racing in particular. Uh, the FFSA GT series, they've been running multiple cars there and again now looking for an international uh, outlet for some of their their customers, Anthony Ponce is a name that is known I think pretty well uh, for those that follow one, make Porsche racing certainly, long time player in the French Carrera Cup, Uh, Lance I have to say not a guy that I'm familiar with, keen to see what CD Sport can do uh, in what is yet another attractive looking M30
0: Graff are back and they're not the only team running at least one Norma and one Ligier, in fact they've gone for two of the JSP3s so again this is a two pronged attack between the two chassis I suppose to work out eventually which is the best across all, what, so, how many circuits are we going to? Six in total so Eric Truier, regular in uh, ELMS or Michelin Le Mans Cup depending on what year we're in joined, joined by a family member Adrian, Son,
1: brother? I think, I think it's son, Adrian and Eric Trouillier. Eric struggled a little in the LMP2 car last year. I think he's taken the opportunity to step back in a bit of family time. It's a nice thing to do at a race meeting, isn't it? Adrian Chiller will be another name you're familiar with from last year, of course. Marc-Antoine You, and then Damien Delafosse and Sergio Pacien. uh New names to me in uh, this level of racing. You're going to find, though, that it's going to be graph racing, pulling uh, all the strings they possibly can in the contact book to get that ladder that this provides for these teams towards the European Le Mans series and who knows beyond uh, into these three cars. Saw the cars in the, in the paddock yesterday and on track. They all look splendid. All three of them in the tricolor livery that we're familiar with from Graph Racing. We, we talk about seven cars for uh, United, five cars in this paddock across two series from Graph Racing. This is beginning to start to motor uh, as a sustainable package ...for these teams that really see a future.
0: And five more teams to cover, uh, all with different flags, interestingly. So we have uh, teams flagged, at least, from Spain, Switzerland, Japan, Belgium and France. So SPV Motorsport bring a Ligier. This is Car 44. They are back for another year in the Le Mans Cup.
1: They are Alvaro Fontes and Ricardo Sanchez, one of the the latter-day GT Academy winners, Ricardo, from Mexico... Uh, but the the big news from SPV was a brand new team manager for the Spanish flag team that's Stanley Dickens uh, Stanley the least Swedish stout sounding ma- uh, man on the planet uh, look, looks like a cross between Stefan Johansson and Kurt Russell but is actually the 1989 overall Le Mans winner for Salva Mercedes and let's wait and see what he can do SPV had a rather erratic form last year Carlock's pretty good Sanchez we know is quick let's wait and see what they can squeeze out of the package
0: Spirit of Race expected later on in the year. Don't think they're here at Ricard this weekend, but Michele Rugolo and Claudio Sidanovich will return, we understand, in the 55 Spirit of Race car. TKS flagged as Japanese in the only Janetta Juno in
1: the uh, in the entry. Quite right, and uh, it'll be Shinyo Sano who is the uh, well, 2 years ago now won the GT Cup class in the Asia Le Mans series for his team. Uh, he brings one of the three genetics they obtained from ARC Bratislava two, which I think are raceable, one really now uh, kind of spares package. Uh, Luca Magnoni is a customer of the Nova Race team in Italy, and it's they that are actually supporting this, this effort across the Michelin-Lemont Le Cup. Could there be a possibility we'll see a second car from this team at Le Mans? You never know. They do have uh, that possibility. Uh, but Cigno Sano can be pretty quick. Uh, they've struggled a little bit with this Genetta in recent races, though. Nothing wrong with the package. We've seen the this exact car win races in Asia just a year or so ago, and nothing's changed about balance of performance. I think it's just unlocking that code.
0: Um, penultimate team to mention, Motorsport 98. They were very late winners of the final race of the year because the, DKS, the DKR engineering car was I think entirely excluded rather than having places docked and the team to inherit the win uh, Eric Donker and Andy Merrick Motorsport 98 crew sadly they didn't get to stand on the top of the, the podium but they were getting better and better throughout 2017 I thought
1: they certainly were I think Andy started the year not really knowing what to expect from this package but it was constantly surprised and surprised pleasantly bought by what they were, ma- they were able to do Eric Donker has been around uh, international motorsports uh, in Europe for as long as I can remember Andy Merrick of course an ex-Aston Martin and Bentley factory driver Welsh wizard that he is and he was quickest in the test yesterday and
0: finally Enrace also back for another season so uh, yet another Ligier JSP3 to complete the order
1: Yep, they uh, did, did uh, pretty good work as well in the tipping rain ye- uh, yesterday on track. Thomas Ackery and Alan Costa. Again, for those of you that have been following michelin Mans Cup in recent years, there'll be another couple of names that you will recognise. And that's something significant because we've seen down through the last couple of three years with LMP3 that teams and drivers that come come back and stick together do tend to make rapid progression. We've seen it in the LMS with teams like Ultimate, for instance, where when they were kind of uh, tottering around the bottom end of the top ten in some races one year, all of a sudden, with that testing time of the opportunity to compare data, can take a step forward. Let's see whether or not N-Race can do it. They have raced at the sharp end of these races uh, uh, over the last year.
0: So that's the line-up, and it is fit to bursting. The paddock, uh, the kind of outer paddock, if you like, for the Michelin Le Mans Cup Took shape during midweek, and we had a very wet and soggy prologue on Wednesday. But uh, there'll be track action on Friday and Saturday for the 2018 Michelin Le Mans Cup cars. They tend to be all Saturday races through the course of the year, barring, of course, Le Mans, which is slightly different. 55 minute race on the Thursday and a 55 minute race on the Saturday morning. So tricky to predict. I'm not even going to ask you, but I mean. Uh, the, the beauty of this, I suppose, is it's very, very tricky to pick out standouts. I don't think we're going to get necessarily a runaway winner as we did in
1: 2017. I'm sure we're not. LMP3, well, let's it's around the 20 car mark. Of that, if you look down that entry, you look at the familiar names, and you, you just interrogate a little bit more into some of the others, I think there's a good half a dozen cars there that will be really banging wheels and banging heads, if you like, throughout the season. I think we've got a cracking season ahead of us. GT, I think, is a little more difficult to predict. It's going to be all about, as it often is in michelin Mon Cup, how good is the bronze driver, how consistent is the bronze driver. And what will be even more interesting to see is how those guys develop through the season, because that's something we have seen in recent years with michelin Mon Cup, is a crew that perhaps wasn't quite there at the start all of a sudden starts to shine towards the end and that's exactly what this is about Johnny The European Le Mans Series on RS3 on RS3 part of the radio show limited network
0: Season 15 of the European Le Mans Series begins here at Circuit Paul Ricard just as uh, the 2018 Michelin Le Mans Cup does as well Sunday race remember and all four hours uh, that got changed from three to four a number of years back and it really does mean an entertaining uh, race that can be approached in various different ways from a strategy point of view six races taking us to France Italy Austria the Silverstone race in August that the Le Mans Cup runners miss out of course that's the 18th of August supporting instead the World Endurance Championship and then the final couple of rounds at Spa-Francorchamps and Portimao on the Algarve on the 28th of October. Um, Can you describe, Graham Goodwin of DailySportsCar.com, the entry for this year's ELMS in one word? Epic.
1: I thought you might choose that somehow. It's quite good, isn't it, in terms of numbers? Well, yeah, the the overall entry for the full season number's 41, but it's better than that here because there's been some real pragmatism, opportunism, lots of other isms being... Uh, employed here by a number of the WEC entrants. Four of those cars have chosen to stay on for another week from the WEC Prologue last weekend uh, here and will take part in this race. And At least two of those, I think, may well feature in more LMS races later this year. So that's great news for people that follow while well, I continue to bore people about as being what I think is one of the best endurance racing series on the planet just now.
0: Are we in a golden era for the championship, would you think, at the moment? I mean, it's tr- it's difficult to know when you're in one that you are, and it's only looking back you think, God, that was a good phase of the championship, but it's
1: in rude health. You know me, I, d- I don't like to use clichés at all. Okay, yes we are. <laughs> yeah, I think the answer is yes we are. It's it, they've the, the addition of LMP3 has made a huge difference, but it shouldn't... Ignore the fact that we've got a pretty record-breaking number of LMP2 cars in the top class for this race, okay, including those two guest entries. Uh, but yeah, I think they've just got it right, and in part that's because the calendar is a really entertaining one. We're going to great tracks in great places to go, which means that you know some of these gentlemen drivers can come along, bring the family, bring the, the good lady, and actually have a great weekend of it—not just on track. Uh, but in the in the surrounds as well. I mean, Monza, fabulous place to go. We all love going to the Red Bull Ring, and it's just the most gorgeous part of the uh, of the of the world over there in Austria. Nothing wrong with the Algarve when we're getting towards gloomy times. The rest of Europe, and then there's Northamptonshire, yes. which of course features in everybody's must-see.
0: Me, mine too. Certainly does. It's uh, possibly not first on the list, but uh, you know, close second. Um, let's do gt's first of all then um we've mentioned an awful lot about gt3s in the michelin le mans cup but these are gte cars so without the uh without the anti-lock braking system without the traction control full-on effectively le mans gt cars all running on dunlop tires this year and because we're now off the back of the world endurance championship prologue we've gain some extra runners, haven't we?
1: Yeah, we have. this a uh, bit of you know, opportunism and pragmatism and some other isms coming to it, and two additional entries to the Season 6. It does mean, Johnny, for this opening round at Port Ricard, we've got four apiece between the Ferrari 488s and the brand new, in privateer hands at least, 911 RSR. Yes, the mid-engined uh, version of Porsche's 911. But, uh, until last year, at the end of last year rather, was only seen in factory hands, so... Uh, the Golf Racing UK squad uh, here and the Spirit of Race car that competes in the World Endurance Championship, the 54 car of Francesco Castellacci and Thomas Fleur, uh, previous Michelin Mon Cup uh, race winner of course, uh, those two cars step in from the World Endurance Championship. In the case of the Ferrari, without Giancarlo Fisichello races in the WC, uh, we think just for this race. In the case of the Golf car, we may well be seeing more of the team but not necessarily that car later this season, because Mike Wainwright the team owner has taken uh, delivery now of his second Porsche 911 RSR and is looking for places to race it
0: So we're now at a point where you know this controversial at the time Porsche, which had the gearbox and engine reversed in order to uh, build up the rear diffuser sufficiently so it could be competitive against its rivals, it's now reached uh, customer hands um, I mean Did we always know that was going to happen? I
1: think we did. I mean, Porsche, you know, have have long been uh, an organisation that does try to let uh, its latest, you know, uh, uh, its its latest machinery into uh, into customer hands. The nine one nine hybrid aside, but you know, going back to you know way beyond before Porsche nine five six and nine six two, the Porsche GT cars have always been kind of well. It sounds almost dismissive to say hand me downs, but you know, have always been successful in the marketplace. And yeah, it's great to see it. We've got uh, no fewer than three for the full season here. Uh, they didn't run without issues at the test. Uh, a couple of incidents which we can kind of uh, run through in just a moment. But the things look great. They, they wear a livery beautifully. They really do look as close as you can possibly imagine to a GT1 car in the, in the old era and they sound Unreal. The loudest, most astonishing-sounding things out there in this field, I think, including the fire-breathing Gibson V8s and the LMP2 cars. The three Porsches, though, for the full season, two in the hands of Proton competition, one in the hands of EB Motors, stepping up from their championship-winning year in the Michelin-Demont Cup, and two of those three cars did, as I say, have some issues in the early part of running for their prologue test, in the early part of the week. EP Motors' car, the number 80 in the hands of Fabio Babini, uh, having a bit of an off and damaging front and rear. That car was fixed, which is good news, both for them and for Proton, because that is actually for this race uh, meeting, and until Le Mans will be one of the two Proton WC cars repurposed. In this case, it's the 88 car from the WC. Uh, Across the other side of the garage... Um, It was fault-free for the number 88. In fact, we saw Mark Lieb, the uh, obviously uh, ex-world champion in WC and Le Mans winner overall, as well as in class before. Now the head of Porsche Customer Racing. He took a few laps in that car. Wait to see why uh, in the near future as to why Mark was doing that. But his first chance to sample probably the most expensive car he's currently selling to customers. But on the other side, his other day job came into play because there there was a heavy shunt for that car in the hands of Dennis Olsen and I'm afraid that damaged the chassis beyond repair there are spare chassis available but for this race uh, at Paul Ricard they will be employing the other WC car, the 77 car, uh, instead of its its sibling from the uh, from the the LMS team the LMS cars by the way uh, not quite sure whether or not that will be relivered in time, the kind of the camo liveried. Uh, 77 from Dempsey Proton, but flat grey livery, which I think suits the cars beautifully. Uh, An interesting-looking driver squads for both of those cars, Johnny.
0: Yeah, well, let's go through the GTs in, in number order. Spirit of Razor there, as you would expect, I suppose. I remember speaking to Matt Griffin. It was actually during the awards night in Portugal, the back end of 2017, and he said he really felt his driver crew and the car were fully capable of winning the 2017 championship. They just didn't quite have the luck. But, I mean, they've got to be one of the
1: favourites, the 55. Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd like to think so. They, they they are one of these these crews that just either utterly dominates or just has an absolutely terrible weekend. And, you know, Matt Griffin, not a man to wear his... You know, he does rather wear his heart on sleeve, rather, doesn't he? And shows his disappointment very clearly. I quite like that. Uh, Duncan Cameron, uh, who is the, the man... Behind the efforts financially, uh, putting trust again in the mercurial Irishman and in Aaron Scott, who, you know, uh, you know for me, Johnny, the last couple of years, Aaron Scott, that started some of these races, he's often given the opportunity to start the races, has really shown some massive, massive form. And yeah, there's not really a great deal, um, you know, of weaknesses in that lineup. Duncan Cameron, one of the more capable of the gentleman drivers, Aaron Scott. Um I think a great start of the races and Matt Griffin just it's got all the fire in his belly, hasn't he? A fifty five car, still that deep uh, green with the white roof for the four eighty eight GTE will be, without a shadow of a doubt, a force to be reckoned with throughout the season.
0: And the other car only has two names against it at the moment, so Thomas
1: Fleur and Francesca Castellacci due to do the race as a duo? They will. This will be all about them just gelling better with Thomas Fleur in particular getting more seat time in his uh, Ferrari 488 this is the Vista uh, uh, back silver car with the the red stripe that would be familiar to uh, viewers of the WEC in recent years, but they'll be looking to actually just get a bit more team gelling together, but particularly Thomas Fleur looking for that seat time that four hours will give him
0: JMW Motorsport will have been wishing the 2017 season never came to an end there were so many huge stories, not least a massive win at the Le Mans 24 Hours last June. They move forward, though, as we all must, into 2018, keeping the same car, but there is quite a bit of a tweak to the driving line-up there.
1: Well, total change for them in driving line-up. Not a f- well, familiar faces, but not in this car. Liam Griffin is the bronze uh, driver. Liam has had uh, extensive experience across Europe and in the British GT Championship previously, but um, I think he may have had a start in the WEC from memory. Uh, in recent years but uh, it'll be a full season for Liam in the JMW 66 car Alex McDowell which will be a uh, a name more familiar perhaps to people who follow Aston Martin Racing and no Aston Martin's in in the LMS this year but Alex McDowell impressed the team mightily in the testing days in the LMS But the biggest name of the three, Miguel Molina, uh, who is, of course, a Ferrari factory driver, will be racing one of the pro cars at the Le Mans 24 Hours. So there will be a change come what may for JMW, who already have a Le Mans place uh, place assured. Let's wait and see who steps into the 66. But Molina uh, was certainly in race-winning form in the WC last season. He's uh, certainly captured the attention of the Ferrari selectors for their three-car Le Mans GT Pro. Uh, battle this year and let's see what he can produce in Jim Wurter's little squad.
0: On to Proton competition, uh, back again have been regular runners not only in the World Endurance Championship but also the ELMS, two cars and we've already mentioned quite a bit of uh, their drama, um, we are in a state now where we've got two Porsches though to run haven't we, the 77 and the 88 but just by virtue of the fact that they've got extra cars here with the World Endurance Championship prologue only just finished,
1: that's absolutely right. There will be both the 77 and the 88 will take uh, take to the track for at least the start of practice, uh, but uh, yet yeah, the entry will remain in place. 77 in the hands of returning Joel Kamathius, Swiss driver who's done just about everything in world motorsports. Christian Reed, the team principal, and Norwegian Porsche Junior driver Dennis Olsen. Uh, this is a common theme across the campaigns for. Proton competition. These these um, Porsche junior drivers being placed here at the team, and that could be a really interesting part of the story moving forward. You, know, you and I both know and have witnessed the rise and rise of Matteo Caroli. We'll talk about him in just a moment. Uh, these these are the guys effectively following him down that same path, just a year or so behind Matteo. Uh, Porsche doesn't choose slow drivers for their driver programs, junior or not this is going to be a really interesting squad to follow. The 88 squad, well, it's a mixture of uh, well-returning talents. Matteo Caroli, we just mentioned, he's going to be one of the quickest guys in this class. No question whatsoever about that. But then father and son, Gianluca Roda and Giorgio Roda, that's always a good good story to tell. Bumped into Gianluca at the Aragon Dunlop test about a month or so ago. He was delighted with this car. He's been racing uh, in recent years away from Porsche after being, I think, a double winner of the Porsche Cup, which is the... Uh, competition that's uh, forged throughout a, a season for the best non-factory Porsche driver uh, did a lot of driving he was with Labret in their uh, Corvettes since then he's raced Ferraris but he's delighted to be back in a Porsche that he says is the best Porsche he can remember and delighted too to be racing with his talented son Giorgio
0: and three Italians in a Porsche up against a load of Ferraris that's not right is it? Uh,
1: there'll be a steward's inquiry about that one that will all be stopped it's just clearly nonsense
0: Well, we've got more Italians in another Porsche here, an Italian team, no less, so uh, they can't stick with their Lamborghini Huracan, there is no GTE car, but as a result of winning the uh, GT3 element of the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year, um, they get a Le Mans drive, it makes sense, therefore, to get some experience prior to Le Mans and afterwards... If by doing the whole European Le Mans Series season so welcome EB Motors with a Porsche 911 RSR not sure whether there was ever a Ferrari 488 on the table but Fabio Babini back again with the team Ricardo Pera and Raymond Narak who's been driving Porsches since to nick a phrase of yours since God was a lad
1: uh, as has Fabio Babini, my first uh, encounter with Fabio, I think was back in about 2002 at Sebring with PK Sport at the time when he was a, a, I believe he was a Pirelli factory driver at the time. But Fabio Babini is, is I think, probably the best known name amongst the three. But you're right, Raymond Narak through the IMSA Matmut squad has uh, been uh, in and out of Le Mans series and European Le Mans series and the Le Mans 24 hours where he's been a race winner uh, for that squad uh, in the last decade or more. And Ricardo Perra, less well known name to me, certainly, but EB Motors, uh, a very effective professional race team. They'll have put together a squad that can deliver the goods without a shadow of a doubt, and they'll be delighted to back in their heartland with the Porsche brand.
0: And one Ferrari, one Porsche still to go. Crone Racing are back in the European Le Mans Series. Tracy uh, Crone, Chr- uh, where the Crone name comes from, of course, and Nicholas Johnson have been driving together for so many years. That's a well uh, oiled partnership but joined by someone who knows the car tremendously well and they'll I'm sure learn a lot from Andrea Bertolini's experience.
1: Yep, Crone Racing for a full season of the European Le Mans series they'll be teaming up this trio as well in a prototype with Eurasia for the Le Mans 24 Hours, we won't be seeing the green uh, Ferrari but I suspect we're going to be seeing green Ligier but uh, you know, Tracy Crone and Nick Johnson have been together now for well over a decade as a driving partnership and I've seen some success We've said it before, I'll say it again now. When Tracy has a good day, it tends to be a very good day. When he has a bad day, it tends to be dramatic. Uh, Nick Johnson, highly effective, has been putting great times in in some pretty poor weather. Andrea Bertolini, the nicest guy in the paddock uh, and a hugely experienced Ferrari driver and Maserati driver in his time, of course. Uh, and holds, I believe, the record for the man who's driven the most different Ferrari Formula 1 cars, in that he shakes the cars down for the Corsa Cliente organisation has driven just about all of them. Um, this could be an interesting one. It has all the prospects for being in the fight at some points this season. It also has some prospects for one that might go up and down through the order, depending on whether or not drivers are having a good or a bad day. But the 83 car, good to see chrome green, back in the IlMS and back in Europe
0: and finally golf racing UK um, it remains to be seen whether they're doing the full year uh, Michael Wainwright Ben Barker and Alex Davison will be the driving lineup in the 86
1: well Mike and Ben well-known to WC followers without a shadow of a doubt currently only confirming this race but I think there's every prospect we'll see them in for at least half the season uh, in this all the team's other brand new 911 RSR Alex Davison Uh, comes in as the new Australian uh, this year, but uh, comes back to Europe racing for the first time in about a decade. Did the FIGT Championship for a one-off year, did pretty well in a Feldenkamp Proton Porsche, uh, but good to see the tall Australian back in. He's going to be quick.
0: So there you go, that's the field. Um, Very impressive for the opening race of the year. It remains to be seen how many of those uh, cars we can retain for more than one race. Again, it's all about Ferraris and Porsches, so not, uh, no, no more Aston Martin, sadly.
1: Not in this year. I think there's a couple of customers that are just waiting for their opportunity in the 2019 season for the fantastic new Vantage. Um, so, you know, for this year, I'm afraid that's taken second place to a much in- increased commitment in GT3 for Aston Martin with their factory drivers and customers. Wait and see what happens in 19.
0: Anybody else likely to be close in the GTE? I mean, we are now looking at 2019, I realise, and there's the potential, I suppose, in the World Endurance Championship to get some of those newer cars in, although people like Paul Dallalana have been trying to get the Aston earlier than that. What next are we going to see in the GTE world?
1: Well, in terms of the GTE pros, of course, that can only come to the WCRM, or IMSA because they've got to be at least a year old. In terms of what you may see in 2019... Uh, well, you've got prospects of the new cars that are here or that we've not seen so far in Amhans. That means the new Aston Martin Vantage, that's going to be available in the European Le Mans series from 19. So is the BMW M8 GTE and I think that's one that we might well see, depending on its successor otherwise in international racing. And as whatever we hear in terms of the, uh, the, the, um, the length of life that's going to be less than the four GT era, at some point it may for well be that one or two of those cars find their way into customer hands. Let's wait and see, but for me, actually, if you're going to have a Ford-Ferrari battle, let's have one that's in depth, and here at least four cars apiece, I think is going to make for some entertainment.
0: Do you also see it for seeing, being fairly balanced through the year, i.e. Ferrari might be strong at one track, Porsche strong at another, and it's therefore going to go down to the final race on the Algarve?
1: Well, I hope so. Uh, We've got two cars here that have been pretty strong in pro hands and indeed pretty strong in ham ham hands in the case of the Ferrari 488 last season. We don't yet know, do we, about the 911 RSR? Mm -hmm. Is that a car that uh, that is going to be kind of customer friendly? Everything I've heard from the guys that have driven the cars so far, and I spoke to a number of them, Caladel Cabezzi, part of the WC uh, squad, uh, seems to really very much like... The balance of he's getting out this car I spoke to fabio babini one of the pro drivers of course uh, spoke to a number of the proton guys they all love the car the difference here is that some of the testing so far has been done on michelin tires this is the spec dunlop tire for the season now depending on what the weather does out that might be a fundamentally different story And a number of the guys have not had much time because of the weather here to test this car in dry conditions golf racing have not tested the car on Dunlops at all they opted to miss out on the test so let's wait and see but all the signs are I think Johnny all things being equal on that front that we could get a heck of a battle
0: You're listening to RS3 part of the radio show limited network and our annual preview to the European Le Mans series season Uh, GTE dealt with let's move on then to a stellar grid once again for LMP3 not quite The biggest, though, because LMP2, hot on its heels in terms of numbers. We'll get to that very shortly. But LMP3... Thoroughly entertaining when it comes to qualifying on, well, now Saturdays as it is, but the number of different cars and drivers we have at the top of the charts at any one point through what is a very short, sharp session, 10 minutes, I believe, for the session again 2018, which can sometimes be extended to about 12 minutes depending on when the final car goes across the line, but it keeps us enthralled. As do the races, because bear in mind we've got minimum pit stop times to deal with as well. You have to take two longish pit stops, and then your final stop can be as quick as you like. You can take that quick stop at the start of the race, though, as well. So it means that the order does flip flop throughout the course of the four hours and keeps us guessing uh, for the for the last half an hour, really. Let's uh, look through then the various LMP3 cars different chassis again to think about but they're all powered by the same 5 litre Nissan V8 engine and they're all on Michelin tires Graham Goodwin of dailysportscar.com it's again though a tremendous entry
1: great entry lovely to see an entry closing uh, closing in on 20 cars for the season um, and some very well-known names both from the driver and the team uh, names that we're going to be kind of going through in just a few moments Johnny and a little bit more variety. Uh, we've got more of the Normas now joining what had been you know, pretty wall-to-wall these years. So we're going to see, I think, some some proper racing this year, uh, more so even than last year. It's a maturing class. We're now getting teams in large numbers and drivers in large numbers that do understand these cars better than they did last year and the year before that. And as we saw from some of the racing, some of the teams that were coming to the fore in 2017, that just only adds to the show. Uh, so great to see the teams coming back, great to see the cars coming back, but it's still some of those drivers unlocking the code.
0: Seven United Autosports cars, yes, seven, as we've mentioned at the top of the broadcast. Three of them we already located in the Michelin Le Mans Cup entry, while well, two more are in the LMP3 part of the ELMS. John Falb and Sean Ray Hall back for another season in the number two car, and in the number three, it's a three driver lineup. Matt Bell, Garrett Grist. And Tony Wells again straddling both championships. So the two and the three, uh, regular numbers, and for the main part, sort of regular driver lineups, too.
1: Yeah, returning champions again, of course, for United Autosports. It's uh, been written more than once that uh, the European Le Mans series. LMP3 Championship has only ever been won by teams that are based on the same industrial estate in Garfield in West Yorkshire and two of those have gone to United Autosports. John Farb and Sean Hall took a very good look at LMP2, came very very close to signing up for at least two different teams in that championship but have opted instead to step back into LMP3, another year there for what has proven to be a very talented duo. Uh, they're going to be strong again without a shadow of a doubt. Sean Rahal up this one. John Falb very, very happily back. Loved his European 1 Series campaign last year and will not be satisfied unless he's in the thick of it again.
0: And the number three car, well, we know all about Matt Bell's pace and Tony Wells continues to get quick as well. What
1: about Garrett Grist? Garrett Grist, a younger driver than some of the uh, some of the uh, gentlemen drivers there. He had his, uh, celebrated his birthday just a couple of days ago at the track. But, uh, you know, we've got this nice mix, haven't we, of uh, just, generally speaking, tends to be three-driver line-ups. United have got one of each, a two-driver and a three-driver line-up. His pace is coming, without a shadow of a doubt, Garrett Grist. He's got plenty, he's had plenty of seat time aboard the Ligier, and I think he's one that will improve through the season. What you've got to look for as well, remember, in the European Le Mans series, particularly when you see this increasing number of drivers coming across from North America, is that thing around uh, have they got the experience at these tracks. Simulator technology can fill some of the gaps, but the reality is that actually you can only really uh, get get to to grips with these places when you've actually had seat time uh, with with these cars on those tracks. That's where Garrett Griss might find his learning curve a little bit more vertical than most.
0: Onto Cool Racing, they're running the number four car once again, and it's a familiar driving lineup. Actually, these guys know each other well.
1: They do, Iraj Alexander. Uh, it's all Swiss uh, team, both the team and all three drivers: Iraj Alexander, Alexander Kwanyi, and Gino Forgioni uh, Cool Racing—they're they're one of these teams that has rather <sighs> bounced up and down in the form, but really, uh, the number four squad looks to have plenty of experience they do know each other without a shadow of a doubt Iraj Alexander one of the more experienced drivers in this field just need a bit more convincing that the cool racing squad can pull together this effort across a full race distance and indeed a full season I hope they can I hope they become this year's ultimate racing who went from being yeah. mid, mid-table two years ago to being real title contenders through most of last year there's no reason why they couldn't follow through and Cool Racing could be, uh, be, you know, be putting that tick in the box for 2018.
0: From Spain, the five car, again, has had a presence, I think, in the last two years, but it's a slight change to the name once more and, you know, you scratch beneath the surface. I don't think that's anywhere close to the same kind of uh, preparation crew, the same mechanics as it was when we first encountered that team.
1: No, Speed Factory, it's got to be said, have had a couple of utterly terrible years in the European Le Mans series. It's not going to beat about the bush. They've just not been there. It does look better this time. The car is not the all-black with Bugatti shoes branding that we saw last year. It is instead in the kind of pop camo livery. It does look very... Uh, Convincing too. It's two Russian drivers, Deno Pronenko, the splendidly named Timur Boguslavsky, that's going to be one one of my favourites this year, and a Ukrainian uh, driver, mildly uh, amusingly called uh, Alexei Chuckling. So, this one I think is going to give us some fun. The signs are they're going to be close to the pace as well, Johnny, and that can only be a good thing for the championship.
0: So, that team, Nefis by speed factory retaining the speed factory bit still spain or spanish flagged and car number 5 360 racing again so much promise at times during the year but then one or two offs in both qualifying and the race but they have looked strong during other periods and i remember um i think possibly monza was a very strong race for those guys I need to look up the results from last year to confirm that but 360 racing Surely, just around the corner from a win, you would think.
1: You'd like to think so. Russ Kaiser's had pole position in the European Le Mans series before now, James Swift and Terence Woodward. It's a team that is gradually getting their act together here uh, because it's not good enough just to have one guy that's very quick and the other two kind of bumbling, bumbling along and not kind of learning from that experience. They, they seem to me to have just cracked it a little bit more coming into this season. I would not be surprised again to see 360 Racing in that group of aspirants, podium sitters and even race winners. They have uh, been you know, banging heads up in the sharp order of the last couple of, uh, couple of seasons. On the odd occasion, they need to show a bit more consistency across the season if we're going to be talking about them as title contenders.
0: Now, stepping up to the European Le Mans series, the number seven car. This is Ikuria Cos stroke Nielsen, still retaining as two cars, isn't it, in the Le Mans Cup? But the seven car is the new entry into the European Le Mans series. So, uh, again, the team run by a guy we know simply as Sven. Yep. Um, champions in the UK in the LMP3 Cup there. So, But this is a, a entirely different challenge, isn't it?
1: It's totally different, and they're under no illusions. They, they had a difficult test, had some struggles with their powertrain, changed that, and found that it was indeed the powertrain and not their setup that was the problem. There was a down-on power engine installed in the car, which was a bit depressing for everybody having thrashed around for hours and hours trying to find out what the problem was. It wasn't of their making. And, well, two familiar names, two followers of LMP3 three, uh, three Racing and a brand-new one, Alex Capardio, who showed fantastic form in the European Le Mans series last year, moves across uh, for his uh, for his ELMS ride to a cost Nielsen, a team he's very familiar with through his radical racing career. Colin Noble, one of the drivers that won that British title, uh, very fast Scottish driver. He is a racer we will be talking about, I have no doubt, uh, through this season. Colin, I think, is going to be one of the quicker guys in this whole field. And young Christian Stuber Olsen. Uh, now, Christian, uh, Danish by... Berth has never lived in Denmark actually uh, is a student of photography in London and uh, Christian Stuber Olsen I think is one to watch in terms of him finding that speed under the tutelage of Alex Gepardia in the European Le Mans series and I think we're going to see young Christian who comes from the very odd background in racing of historic Formula 3 racing to LMP3 Uh, not not the most uh, regular one races in historic racing with his father another keen racer and I think we're going to see this crew gel beautifully through the year. Watch for the number seven as being one of these stories of the season.
0: DKR Engineering, we've talked about already, because they have a car in the Michelin Le Mans Cup for 2018. They are the champions, no less, of that series in 2017, bringing a Norma M30 to the European Le Mans series. Jean-Gloria and Alexander, oh, Alex Torrell, we know all about. Alex bringing his brother, Miguel, into the lineup as well, and um, while well, there are a few people who've had their cages rattled, should we say, in terms of where they sit in the FIA driver rankings. They're all silver drivers, and I think spe- special uh, expensa- uh, um, special special uh, dispensation is not expensation. That's not a word. Dispensation has been made, and there are one or two drivers, team managers,
1: that don't quite like that a bit more than one or two. I would suggest to you all of the others uh, are actually rather irritated by this. And uh, I know there's been protests made politely and informally to the race organisers about them giving the nod to a a three-silver driver squad. It remains to be seen whether or not they will be allowed to start this race in that order and this season in that order. I cannot see any way that they could continue through the season in that order, particularly because... Rather inexplicably, if you're looking to stay beyond the bill of the radar, on the first two sessions of the ELMS uh, prologue, the Toro brothers, one apiece, set the fastest time in those sessions. That may not have been the cleverest move. Let's wait and see what actually happens when we get to the track, but for now, DKR Engineering, in that Norma, um, have a squad which, if it remains as it is, you have to say can be title contenders. If you were going to make a switch to a bronze driver, the reality is there are 22. Michelin Le Mans Cup cars just across the paddock, all of which have got a bronze driver there ready, willing, and in some cases able to step up.
0: Um, and, of course, th- that's a change from last year, isn't it? John gloria was a bronze in 2017, but by virtue of winning the Le Mans Cup, he's now become a silver, and all of a sudden you're in a situation from DKR's point of view where your combo doesn't work anymore.
1: Well, that that, reasonably speaking, is their problem. The reality is been pointed out to me, the the, uh, the way in which they've got in is that there's uh, an opportunity for, if you like, a, almost a buyout clause for the race organisers, not to recategorise a driver, uh, but to actually decide whether or not there is a competitive advantage from particular crews' combination. Reality is all bar one of the crews actually do comply with the letter of the regulations, this one doesn't, and has been said to me by more than one, if you are looking here at a you know, a class that's struggling for numbers, maybe three cars are looking for a fourth, maybe. We're not in that position. We've got way over a dozen. Uh, you know, you've know, you got to ask yourself, is that a smart move? If what you are looking for is a reasonably easy life in 2019, as things stand, if that stands, protests will continue. And all that's going to happen in 2019 is every single one of these teams is going to come forward with three silver drivers.
0: Yes, you've got to be careful about setting precedents, I realise. AT Racing are next. This is the number nine car with the two Belarusians who've been with AT Racing, well, for at least the last four years, still in LMP3 for Alexander Talconica Jr. and Sr. And it'll just be those two guys for this weekend.
1: Well, certainly in the test, Mikkel Jensen was back with them, now been named, I believe, he's now a BMW junior driver, Mikkel. He was very, very quick last season in that car, but also beginning to find real form in the family-owned car is Alexander Talkinitsa Jr., his father and son combination once again. Let's wait and see whether or not uh, Mikkel Jensen actually turns up on the final entry list. There is uh, another driver who's been mentioned uh, as as competing with the team for some part of the remainder of the season, Uh, but for the moment it is just the Talkinitsas named on the entry. I think we'll see a third driver.
0: Okay, well, that, uh, I mean, there is a gap certainly alongside which could be filled from Monza onwards. Um, let me get back to the right page again for the entry list. Number 10 is Oregon, the team that made the step across from the uh, Renault Sport Trophy a couple of years ago, similar to High Class Racing, who we'll talk about in the LMP2 field. But Oregon team with their Norma M30, it is. Uh, two new drivers, certainly, I think Andres Mendes has raced, well, certainly raced uh, Renault RS01s in the past with those guys. Unfortunately, I seem to remember Oregon more so off the track in 2017 than on it.
1: They had a pretty terrible year, didn't they? This is the team that uh, onlookers will remember. It looks a little bit like a Lego um, car. It's uh, lots of primary colours, uh, but also a bit of pink. Pinky purple uh, is Oregon team's uh, colours, They've got some convincing to do. That they've actually understood what is required to make it work at this level. They did have the odd run where they were, you know, up into the top ten and challenging for, you know, the potential for if may be a if button or maybe of a of a lower end podium. But the reality is, this is a team that needs to show a step forward if they're going to hack it at a European Le Mans Series level.
0: On to Euro International, whose team. Well, a lot of it's made up of uh, Italian mechanics and engineers, although they are flagged from the USA. And two Ligiers for this crew once again, 11 and 12. It's a two-driver lineup in the 11. Giorgio Mondini has been there for the last three seasons, but joined by a new teammate.
1: Yep, Kay Van Berlo, and uh, hearing some pretty interesting stuff about the young, du- young Dutch driver. Uh, if Giorgio Mondini has got his thinking cap on as he often does, but then sometimes forgets it and rather dramatic things happen. The 11 car could be really one to watch again. It has very often been right up there at the sharp end and it just seems to be that Euro International conspired to fail on that that kind of front. The 12 squad, the sister car, actually is exactly the same squad as we finished the season with last year. James Dason, Andrea Dramadari and Max Hanratty are back and again... Will we see a step forward? Will they experience? They will know the tracks now, and that might make a big difference. Uh, Euro International could really do some su- success to underpin the investment made in this two-car effort.
0: And the, the positive for us, uh, in terms of identifying those cars, is that we don't have any Duquesne Normas anymore, which was a very similar paint job, that sort of dark... Well, for Euro International... It is a dark blue,
1: isn't no, it? Like Very a dark blue. Yeah. I mean, it's a dark blue, it's almost black. Yeah. It's, that, it's that dark blue. I would, I would call that a dark navy blue. Navy, yeah. uh, but they do look pretty attractive, but quite difficult to pick out in traffic, it's got to be said.
0: And the reason why we won't confuse them with the Duquesne cars is because there aren't any Duquesne cars in the l p 3 category anymore. They've moved on to P2, of which more in a moment. From Poland at least by the uh, identity of the team, inter-Europol competition are back, not just with the 13 car, but with an extra entry too. Both Ligiers.
1: Yeah, they are. It's uh, it's uh, Polish flagged, as you quite rightly say, Johnny, but Sherman team actually running this effort, and great to see them stepping up to a two-car effort. Uh, they also compete uh, in and have won championships in the V2V, champion, uh, V2V series, rather, based around France. Thirteen card sees the return of the familiar Martin Hipper and Jakub Schumowski, Kuba as he's known to the, the, the squad. This was a squad, the thirteen squad that was really beginning to come on strong towards the end of last season. I wonder whether or not we might be seeing more of the thirteen card at the sharp end. The fourteen card there's actually been a change since the uh, the list was the entry list was actually published. We are going to see Luca Damaki and Paul Schreistner in the car but Danny Molinaro departs the team and it's going to be Henning Enquist that steps in for this round at the very least uh, great to see two Norwich City liveried yellow and green uh, ligiers. it really does suit the car that li- that livery and a very friendly team great to have them as part of the paddock once again
0: another team that's part of both the Michelin Le Mans Cup and the European Le Mans series are British squad RLR M Sport another Leger JSP3 for these guys and Well, it's two drivers that we are seeing in the Michelin Le Mans Cup, plus an extra.
1: Let's talk about the extra first, Rob Garifal, who uh, returns to the European Le Mans for his first time in a very long time, was previously as part of what was an RLR effort with an LMP2 car, an an XRML MG Lola. Rob, a very experienced driver indeed in all sorts of cars, does a lot of work with the McLaren Automotive uh, guys on their... Um, their uh, road car development still very much uh, you know, a very convincing racer uh, in club level small prototypes, great to see him getting a chance back at the European Le Mans series level, he's very much uh, a known quantity to the RLRM sports squad, John Ferrano returns Canadian driver, uh, has made great strides in the off season in terms of his form and consistency I am told and in no small part that is to do with the addition to the squad of young Herb van Itert another Dutch young Dutch driver and watch for this young man. some of his times in testing uh, and development with the, with the team have been pretty spectacular. A uh, 15 car could be a bit of a surprise package this year. I think we're going to see the RLRM sport team take a step forward in no small part because John Ferrano's uh, not John Ferrano's uh, form I, I, I believe has improved dramatically. and you van Itert, a, uh, a great exchange, if you like, for Alex Kapadia moving across to Nielsen. Uh, those two, that could be a little bit of a needle, uh, particularly with Alex actually um, racing for the RLR squad in the michelin Mon Cup.
0: Uh, moving from one team with uh, three letters at the start of its name to another, I immediately think of Maxi Book when I see BHK together. It's nothing to do with him. It's a British squad, BHK
1: Motorsport, and another Ligier. Yeah, and a squad that, I have to say, unfortunately, with the constraints of time and the weather, Uh, We didn't get to speak too much at all uh, to BHK Motorsport. This is one of those squads that you can look at and think, I have absolutely no idea. I still have a very limited idea. Two Italian drivers... And I didn't speak to a single British person in the garage, okay. so quite what the story is behind the but British flag. Isn't that
0: great, though? I mean, oh, it, yeah. you know, the fact that y- the European Le Mans series is drumming up interest from all sorts of areas and even outside of our motorsport knowledge.
1: Uh, without a doubt. And uh, th- this is a team that certainly has done some V2V racing. Jacopo Barato and Francesco Draconi. Draconi is a name that I recognise uh, from the pretty recent past in small prototypes, and I believe in GT cars as well. Um, this is a team that a number of the other squads I think are concerned about their potential pace I think they've got one eye on these guys that when they do uh, basically get uh, all four wheels on the ground literally and metaphorically that we might see these leaping a little bit up the order because they are two drivers I, I gather that have got some very good experience not too far below the level of the European Le Mans series so let's keep an eye on the BHK car the 16 car this could be a story developing through the year it's all change at the 17 crew, Ultimate,
0: still the same squad, by the way, and the same name as well, but a very different car for those guys to get their head around.
1: Yeah, and a very late change to the normal M30 from Ultimate. So I spoke to Mathieu Le Hay at the start of proceedings for the LMS uh, prologue test. and Mathieu, delighted with the change, They're really just getting some dialed into it. Um, it'd be interesting to find out exactly what the reasoning was behind it they're clearly convinced that this is a better package than their existing Ligier they still have that car but Mathieu with Jean-Baptiste La and Francois here you know this was one of the stories I think of the LMP3 class last year Johnny they were taking effectively a leap four, five, six places up the order on average through the season and became real title contenders in the middle part of the season it faded away towards the end they had a bit of bad luck towards the end of their season but uh, I think if they can maintain that form across into this new package for them, that we could be talking a lot about that car as well. Delighted to say as well, by the way, they carry over the excellent livery, the red and white, the silvered red and white uh, livery for Ultimate, and uh, we'll be seeing them again throughout the 2018
0: ELMS. Presumably they've been in touch with some other teams that have been running one of each chassis and have worked out the pros and the cons. I mean, they had great success with the Ligier so from the outside looking in it doesn't seem that they needed to change it but is that because the norm has been so successful in things like Michelin Le Mans Cup last year?
1: It's certainly a car that a number of the Ligier uh, runners are concerned about the pace at some of the tracks that we're going to be visiting. It's rocket ship fast in a straight line if you look at the frontal area and then think about where we are. We're here with the Mistral straight that's a long long uh, bit of a bit of racetrack. We're going to Monza that's a long, long bit of racetrack, and we're going to Le Mans. Filling the gap, you know. Spotting a pattern here, absolutely. So I think there's a uh, fair amount of the, the the grids in both championships that are, you know, really looking at where the ca- we're going to be racing these cars. They're looking at where the cars are stronger than normal. Looks like a very strong package.
0: And the, the Ligier first broke cover. Was it fifteen? Yeah, so it's, it is, I mean, not old, but I don't know how much development work's been done on it in recent times.
1: Uh, well, a little. You know, there's, there's certain things you can do with a spec package to actually squeeze a little bit more out. They are allowed to make some subtle changes in terms of reliability uh, to, the, uh, to the homologation package. But we're beginning now to get to the stage where, certainly by the time of the middle of this year, talking about the next stage of homologation for the next generation of LMP3 cars. It's a four-year homologation for LMP3. Uh, that means that we'll be seeing a new Ligier before we see a new Norma.
0: Yes. yes, so we may well see the field again start to think, OK, M30 was quick. Do we now need to move to the brand-new Ligier? That's to come. M Racing YMR are the final two cars then on our LMP3 list. This is a team running one Ligier and one Norma. 18 and 19, exactly the same numbers we had last year. And Nathan Pierre, Laurent Millara are names I recognise, but I think from the Michelin Le Mans Cup, in fact.
1: Yep, at uh, M Racing YMR are doing exactly what they need to be doing with their, their ladder of success and using uh, getting the talent that they've actually developed through Michelin Among Cup up into the LMS. One name that's absent of course, Jan Erlacher, mm-hmm. now very much a part of the touring car um, field on the world stage, having won races last year for the first time um, but uh, M Racing uh, Racing YMR with Ivan Muller uh, two cars, that Ligier, the number 8 team with Biel and Milara, and another team with Anorma on board again, Uh, second year for the team with that car. They saw some real glimmers of hope with that car, but it just didn't seem to deliver on its potential for the team last year. Uh, David Drew, Nicolas Ferrer and Lucas Legere, uh, two Swiss drivers in Drew and Legere and a French driver in Nicolas uh, Ferrer. This is a team that has shown real form. Um, They again seem to be getting to the stage where by the end of last season, Things were beginning to come together for them. It was the 18 crew last year that really started to pull things together. For me, it may well be the 19 that's the one to watch this year.
0: And I remember one of those cars uh, victorious at Monza,
1: it was, wasn't it? Title contender, right, to almost to the end of the season.
0: Yes, that was the 19 in that uh, very different livery, the almost all carbon, wasn't it? the the 19,
1: the black, all black. Uh, after the difficulties they had in the prologue which of course it's at Monza last year where that car was barrel rolled into oblivion basically uh, recovered well but it was taking them time to just understand how to get the best out of the Norma LMP3 package but by the end of the year we were beginning to see real glimmers of form
0: The clerk of the course will have to potentially clamp down on driving standards do we think in LMP3 there were I thought less moments for teams in 2017. 16, I seem to remember, every race we were counting, well, the cars that stayed on the track in the in the four hours. Certainly that improved in 2017, but it needs to continue to, you know, the upward climb into this season.
1: Top of the show, you mentioned the uh, what the ACO had talked about in terms of promotion medication. I mean, in truth, that was never a goer. You're not going to get to the stage where if you've applied for an ELMS uh, slot, that you're immediately going to be able to change that to something with shorter races and two drivers rather than three. That was never really a go. It does give them a talking point to talk to the teams whether or not they think they're ready for the international racing standards. What is a pleasure for me is we are seeing uh, numerous teams and drivers sticking with LMP3 for those two or three years and in some cases stepping back to Michelin Le Mans Cup when that became an opportunity where perhaps it was a bit too much of a step. There is now a credible ladder uh, through Michelin Le Mans Cup with LMP3 up into LMS with LMP3 and then on into LMP2 with the monstrous uh, 600 horsepower Gibson engine cars and we are seeing those numbers respond to it we're seeing teams hang on to those, those drivers through multiple programs and that should begin to pay off in terms of the, tri- the, the, the driving standards we see on track particularly in this middle order where we're in the main series the LMS but still in LMP3 And you're right, we saw, uh, how can we put this, a little less erraticism uh, in 2017. And let's hope that we see fewer still of those incidents to comment on and more still of the racing. Um, It's still an issue, without a shadow of a doubt, between the LMP3s and the GT cars uh, on relative pace. That's one of the reasons we've got the the longer pit stops for the uh, the, uh, LMP3 cars, to keep those two uh, grids apart. Uh, but I'm I'm hopeful that what we're going to see is a higher quality of racing through the whole of the driver orders in LMP3 as things go, uh, you know, come through the year. But you know, a little bit of um, how can we put this fumbled comedy on track as long as there's no no harm no foul. Uh, never did anybody no. in harm in, in a professional motor race, uh, and there from there from those kind of mistakes is where the guys learn and move forward.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a very good point, and and almost you know the ability to learn things is more so more pressing in lmp3 because as you mentioned it is the middle class in terms of speed so you've not only got to look out for overtaking gt cars but then the rapid lmp2s that are going to want to come by we've got a whole load of those we'll talk about in a moment but with this such an impressive entry traffic is even more of an issue in 2018
1: well you know if this is exactly what these guys need if they're aspiring to an lmp2 uh, berth in the in the years to come if you're going to be in LMP2, you're necessarily looking, therefore, potentially at the WC, but particularly at the Le Mans 24 Hours, where you can't go with an LMP3 in the main race. That means traffic comes effectively in two ways. Traffic you're approaching to overtake and traffic that comes at you very rapidly from behind. So uh, LMP3 is a great place to be if what you're looking to do is to step up that ladder. Uh, you're going to have to deal with GTs in increasing numbers. You're certainly going to have to deal with LMP2s that are going to be coming up uh, at you from behind, in, you know in uh, with with a great deal of speed and uh, frankly sometimes not all the patience, so there's some great learning curves to be gained here. Uh, but you know increasingly we've also seen some guys that just like racing these cars, yep. and if we can get to the stage where we've got that three, four, five, six, seven teams that are battling away for significant positions, that's a whole different level of fun that you and I can have watching these races and everybody else two track side. And I think we can get there this year.
0: It's RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited network, and we're working our way through the preview to the 2018 European Le Mans Series and the Michelin Le Mans Cup. First round is this weekend at Paul Ricard, Le Castellet, for the four hours of Paul Ricard, and wet weather this week has meant very little useful data for many of the teams, particularly for the LMP2s. We cannot complain about the entry, though, and at the moment the latest forecast would indicate that the 4 hour race on sunday should be for the main part dry as I say though tremendous entry for the top class the fastest cars and the team that won last year's championship in the form of the G drive car are back again that was a dragon speed run car let's start with that crew then the number 21 car returns an orica 07 for Ben Hanley, Henrik Hedman and Nicola Lapierre. Exactly the same crew, Graham Goodwin, at dailysportscar.com as last year.
1: We have one key change, and that key change is on Michelin rubber this year, and I think that's going to be a story, Johnny, through the 2018 European Amon series. A few more cars merging on Michelin rubber, and they've been, I think, making some... Gains over the off-season to see whether or not they can close the gap. They don't particularly like to see lots of people wearing yellow caps on the on the uh, on the podiums. And I think maybe the French time manufacturers got something to say about this. But the 21 car, quite right back with Ben, uh, Enric and Nico Lapierre. This is all about Enric Edmond getting more seat time for his his LMP1 campaign in the FIWC. It was a pretty late uh, call to actually make this change. It's a single car um, a piece in the LMS and the FIWC in LMP2 for Dragon Speed uh, and the G Drive colours go elsewhere. Well. we'll be coming back to them in just a moment or two. Time.
0: A car that showed an awful lot of pace in 17, it was just the odd little mistake here and there
1: which put it out of contention. Made a bit of a mess, I'm afraid, didn't they, uh, in the aftermath of the power failure we saw mid race at uh, Red Bull Ring, leading the race and ran the car out of fuel uh, just 30 metres short from safety. Uh, cost them dear slightly erratic form but nothing wrong with the pace of Ben Hanley or Nico Lapierre Eric Edman learning fast he's been trusted by the WEC uh, despite his bronze ranking to be uh, fit and able to actually uh, race the LMP1 car um, are they going to be title contenders let's wait and see I think we're going to see them at the sharp end of the races with the talent they've got available to them uh, what I'm going to be looking for from this squad, with a shadow of a doubt, is the form of Emery Edmund. What can he do about speed and consistency? That has been coming forward in the last couple of years. Needs to do so again this year.
0: And uh, Do you think they're going to suffer from not running two cars? No, I
1: think actually in this instance that will be a plus. They will be able to concentrate on, uh, you know, just basically getting it right for the, the driver here. That's the most important to them. That's the pe- that's the driver that's effectively paying for the campaign. Yeah. But uh, both Ben Hanley and Nico Lapierre will look up and down that order and will think there's a few scalps they'd like to take. Uh, We'll be getting to them when we run through the other... Breathe in. 18 cars uh, on top of this one. A 19-car entry and something like 11,000 horsepower from just that class. Amazing field this year.
0: Well, I found the other two United Autosports cars of a total of seven, the 22 and the 32, which are the regular numbers. And... um Well, I want to see United Autosports' little black book of contact numbers because they they know some very fast people, don't they?
1: Not that little. I think it's actually a great big A4 ring binder, to be honest with you. But the 22 car, two Ligiers this year, so stepping up across the effort, should tell you, by the way, United Autosports. Johnny, you're right. Seven cars, five of them LMP3 cars, two in the European Le Mans Series, three in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. But uh, doubling their effort in LMP2 with a pair of Ligier JSP 217s. That means 81 people here at uh, Paul Ricard for United World Sports across all the, uh, the various functions. They've actually got amazing efforts. And the 22 car, Phil hansen uh, one of the drivers, of course, not starting his uh, season here at uh, Paul Record. He's already got... Uh, a couple of massive experiences for the young man, both at Daytona, where he shared the car that were, would actually led the race at Daytona with uh, no, no less than Fernando Alonso and Lando Norris, and then moved on to the uh, Sebring 12 hours, uh, where he raced with Paul de Resta and Alex Brundle. Uh, he's got, therefore, something like 36 hours under his belt already. Will Phil have made a step forward? Form, but we've seen so far suggest that he will, uh, that he has. He's been uh, been coached by Felipe Albuquerque, who was here for the test. Will not be racing with the team this uh, this weekend because he's going to be on uh, duty elsewhere. I think uh, I think it's DTM for Felipe this year. I think it probably is. Yeah, uh, but he will be joined by the returning uh, Bruno Senna. Bruno coming back to racing after a bit of time away with illness, and that's great to see. The 32 car, uh, meanwhile. The sister car with Will Owen and, uh, uh, and Hugo de Saddleir returning. And Hugo, in particular, I thought showed great form, some really excellent starting stints aboard the uh, the uh, United Auto Sports solo car last year. They're joined with a late addition for the LMS only, will not be in this car for the Le Mans 24 hours, but Wayne Boyd stepping aboard that car. I think Wade is going to surprise uh, uh, is, is Wade is going to surprise a few people with his LMP2 form after being very quick indeed in the LMP3 cars. He cannot wait to get his hands on this thing. The other quick thing to say, of course, about the Ligier, we'll say the same about the Dallara, yet to be seen in European competition. We've seen it in testing with the Joker uh, changes that were made to the car at the end of the last season. A little off the pace at some tracks against the Oricas, uh, with various issues that needed to be addressed. That should now have been addressed. We'll wait to see what happens here at Paul Rickard. We'll wait again to see, of course, what happens in June at the Le Mans 24 Hours. Uh, but this is already a car with race winning form in the LMS.
0: And Philippe Albuquerque, due in the 22 later on in the year, he's busy at Long Beach this weekend, which is the next round of, of the.
1: Long, Beach. Right, Long the Beach, it's not DTM, of course, it's the Long Beach race for, for IMSA with yes. IMSA Radio. So if you're missing out on one. Uh, Radio Show Limited channel you can listen in to what Felipe's doing on the other uh, there's so many clashes this year it is pretty difficult to work out which, uh, which factory driver and uh, star driver is where on any given weekend and uh, if you want evidence of that just look up what's uh, going on with the BMW factory team uh, with their various commitments there's barely a, a, the same squad and the same car on the same on, on, on adjoining weekends so it's going to be a, th- a storyline throughout the season
0: Keeps you on your toes, I suppose, Graham. Uh, moving on to the number 23 car next, Panis Bartis Competition. They haven't got a car in LMP3, I've just noticed. So just the one car this year for that French squad. And. A driver tweak again, Timotei Bure's back, Julian Canal has raced with him in the
1: past, I think, but Will Stevens certainly hasn't. It's a full season, um, Julian Canal for the team. Will Stevens, well, I think, will be as much of a revelation in this car as he has been in just about everything he's stepped into since you know, uh, his Formula 1 career. It's always difficult, isn't it, to judge the quality of a driver when you're not in the right car in Formula 1, but since then, Will has been really very quick in LMB2 machinery in the WEC. He won Le Mans in GTM with uh, GMW last year and I know is keen to actually show what form he's got aboard the Panis Bartes competition car. The absence, the notable absence of course here is the man with his name put above the door and that's uh, Fabien Bartes who's stepping back and will be doing GT racing this year. Whether or not we see Fabien in a prototype later this year remains to be seen. For me... This looks a pretty good squad. It's another car on Michelin tyres, the 23 car. And maybe without the distraction of an LMP3 effort in 2018, we'll see the real potential for uh, Panis Bartes, which all too often has started well and then faded. Uh, For me, I have to say, I think it's the right move for Fabian to step away from P2. I think that was just a bit too rich for his blood at this stage of his racing career. be interested to see whether or not he steps back in in future years after having had a little bit more race experience.
0: But the other man with his name above the door is Olivier Panis. Will he still be at all the races?
1: I believe so. I think yeah, we're still going to see Olivier there. I didn't didn't bump into him through uh, the couple of days we had for testing. That's mainly because I was sheltering from the rain for the most part. But uh, Panis Bartes, they've underwhelmed in terms of the overall results for the for the quality of the effort. Um, looking at that driver squad, though, Julien Canal knows how to win races. with The range of teams and certainly in this kind of machinery, will Stevens, I think is set to be one of the stars in the season.
0: I would agree with that entirely, With uh, particularly with his uh, Le Mans performance uh, last year, wasn't it, winning that in the uh, GT-AM category, former Formula One driver, lacks no speed whatsoever. Racing Engineering are a new team from Spain, or at least that's what the, the flag above the garage would indicate. Orica 07 for a Dunlop-Shod car, number 24 and certainly, two of those drivers are well recognised in this category. Norman Natto, though, new name for me.
1: Well, uh, it won't be a new name for people familiar with the higher echelons of single seater racing because Norman Natto, I think, is a race winning driver in Formula 2. Oh, really? He is very quick. Needs, I think, though, the um, the best of Olivier Pla to actually help him to settle into this new kind of uh, part of motor- motorsport for him uh, to bring him on into the. Uh, into the kind of the endurance racing cabal, if you like. Uh, Paul Petit, we've seen before, of course, graph racing, I think, for, for Paul in recent years. Olivier Pla, just stone cold fast everywhere he goes, And uh, but really, really, really enjoying this effort with race, uh, race, uh, racing engineering. If that team is not one that's familiar to you, it's because they have been in GP2 and F2, fairly recently and Alfonso de Bourbon a real life Spanish prince um, at the head of this team the loveliest man um, uh, Alfonso I've been talking to Alfonso for well over a decade about him wanting to come back to sports car racing they last raced at Le Mans I think in the late 90s in a GT Porsche since then they've been climbing that ladder uh, in, the, uh, in the upper echelons of single seater racing now they feel is the time with a change in, uh, in cars in F2, he wasn't a fan of either moving to the turbo engines or to the halo uh, he himself said to me in an interview during Prolog uh, you know, to, to, to race these cars you've got to love these cars I just got to the stage where I wasn't very much in love with, with the way the moves were being made in Formula 2 he's moved back to I think what's his absolute passion in sports car racing that, that right there with an ex rebellion chassis by the way Uh, let's wait and see how the form comes in the early races here they were quick in the uh, the prologue but there's nothing about that effort that suggests to me that we've not got there, if not this year then moving forward, a potential future championship winning team
0: Wow, Okay, I should take note Um, Algarve Pro Racing so next door to a uh, Spanish crew, this is the Portuguese flagged Outfit Car 25 once again, and it's a Ligier JSP 217. Dramatic moment for that team last year at Spa, where the car ended up on its roof. And um, some interesting nationalities here. American Mark Patterson back for another season. He keeps threatening to retire, much like Johnny Molem and uh, not yet done. Of the Philippines, it's Atta de and coming from Korea... Tak Kim, who I think uh, has done, well, plenty of racing back in his homeland. I seem to remember him taking part in the Kota 24-hour race as well, a Creventic event late last year. Does carry some good speed. It's going to be interesting to see how all three drivers here
1: manage to work with each other. Well, Mark is no stranger to anybody Listens into these broadcasts. Mark is now 123 years old, you know, and um, he has had his dinner. We take the mickey out of Mark. Mark's ambition... Um, right out there is to be the oldest driver To start the Le Mans 24 hours He's got a few years to go To stop, for, uh, stop himself from retiring To get that, that way But uh, you know, just a delight to have in the paddock We take the mickey, he takes it in very good form Very successful businessman and A nice guy all round Atidut Jong, Dutch by, um, by birth But Philippines Racing Licence Has done much of his racing so far In the Asian Le Mans series At this kind of level And is beginning to find his feet in Uh, LMP2 Machinery and Taxon Kim too, we've seen him out there in Asian LMP Racing Uh, this is very much a work in progress for Algarve Pro a team that I think a lot of people don't understand the game here at Algarve Pro this is about keeping your customers happy and they do keep their customers happy they keep coming back, it was great to see Matt McMurray in the garage uh, over the Prologue test, his IMSA uh, Program has been somewhat curtailed for the moment with damage to the DPI he shares with the, uh, the Spirit of Daytona team. But he was there helping out with this squad uh, with the, the Ligier. These three guys you're going to see with this team moving up, moving forwards, and moving on. And don't bet against seeing Algar Pro in the years to come in the WEC. And might that be with LMP1? It just might. You know, these guys know what they're doing. Uh, lovely team to be around. Not the only car, though, that they've actually got here this, this year, Johnny, because there's another one that at the moment is actually listed under another team name, mm-hmm. the APR Rebellion Team. They'd, I think, like themselves to, to be tagged as the APR Rebels. Um, the APR Rebellion Team. APR is, I've got Pro Racing, of course. Yeah. That's the 31 car. This is a very interesting lineup and quite an interesting story. Uh, The rebellion aspect of this was due to be Thomas Laurent and the next rebellion chassis. It's not the next rebellion chassis. It's the next Manor chassis now, um, and it's not Thomas Laurent. It's Gustavo Menezes, and my understanding is that's a deal that Gustavo has done directly with the team. It's not a rebellion involvement in that anymore. Young Ryan Cullen, who we've seen out in Porsche One Mate Racing, was uh, getting valuable experience behind the wheel of the recently delivered Orica to the team, and was beginning to find his form. Harrison Newey, I know a little bit more about. The surname will be very familiar to Formula One fans. It is indeed the son of uh, the aero genius uh, um, Adrian Newey. And Harrison has been doing his racing in LMP2 so far in the previous generation of cars out in the Asia Le Mans series with Jackie Chan DC Racing, very keen to see whether or not you can translate that into this current generation of LMP2s. Everything I've seen suggests he almost certainly will be able to. That is a crew to watch. Three very quick young drivers indeed. Gustavo Menezes, uh, I think in the form of his life, uh, that's going to be a team that's going to be at the sharp end. Not a team, by the way, that has entered for the Le Mans 24 hours. So their season is all about the European Le Mans series. And in some ways, that's a very good thing for them.
0: Onto G Drive Racing now, and well, effectively the defending champions, but not because it carries the G Drive logo. This is not a Dragon Speed car, is it anymore?
1: No, there are going to be two cars that carry almost identical liveries, G Drive liveries, but rather oddly, um, both with, with, with diff- two different teams, um, and we won't be seeing G Drive livery in the WC this season, apart from at Le Mans, where both those teams are actually entered. So this is the. Uh, the 26 car that carries that auto entry um, because it was G Drive Racing entered car that, that gets the auto entry for them on Roman Rusinov. Unsurprisingly, is the, uh, the the first driver in that. But they this is another team that actually had to change their plans through the off season. Team that initially was listed uh, with two golds and a platinum in the car that uh, has been withdrawn. Uh, what we're going to see this first weekend is Andrea Pizzitola still. A, um, a silver-ranked driver, uh, although he, he has got some backing from Nissan, uh, previous Renault RSO one uh, champion, uh, very quick, has raced, of course, with Algar Pro in the past. He's the second driver in that car. For this race only, it will be Alexandra Imperatori, very rapid Swiss driver indeed. Uh, he'll be filling in for the absent John Eric Verne, who is busy in Rome uh, driving some form of electrically powered car.
0: Yeah, they don't make make much noise, do they?
1: They don't. I think you'd have thought he would possibly get back to um, the European Le Mans series when he finishes his milk round, but apparently not.
0: No time, sadly. But uh, he will be part of the championship for the rest of the year, is that right?
1: For the rest of the year and at the Le Mans 24 hours, so Jean-Éric Vergne, another man with uh, Formula 1 form, uh, will be on the European Le Mans series entry, and that's to be welcomed. That's the 26 car from G-Drive Racing. One of two TDS entered cars that are going to be here this weekend. The other is one of those guesting cars from the WC. Uh, it is the 28 car in uh, WC trim, but because there's already a 28 car, which we'll get to here, it's the 33 car here, but it's an unchanged uh, squad for the race. Loic Duval, Francois Perodo, Mathieu Vazivier, and I think we'll see this squad, at least, at least part of this squad, here for more than just the one race this year. Francois Perodo looking to get more seat time aboard his car with what's, a, you know, this year rather than this season, fewer races for him in the WEC. And Francois wants to learn his trade, very serious about his racing. Is definitely coming on much, much stronger this year. And with the addition of Loic Duval, who steps into that car um, in the state of uh, Manu Collard, steps away from the team in uh, LMP2 racing, and with continued involvement from the very rapid Mathieu Vazavier watch for this one as well I keep saying that but uh, this is looking like we've got a heck of a lead package Johnny. I mean
0: two cars picked randomly you know Jean-Éric Verne and Loic Duval these are massive names now that we find in the European Le Mans series well
1: Jean-Éric Verne uh, as we say is I think is leading Formula E um, yeah, yes, this, this, this year ex Formula uh, Formula 1 driver as well uh, Loic Duval a bona fide Le Mans winner and world champion yeah, you know, they're not messing about, are they? These LMP2 teams. These are big, big names. Guys that really can pedal these things far quicker than perhaps the maker intended.
0: And you could say that this is the plus side of us having now a winter series for the World Endurance Championship is that you know a lot of these big names have to find elsewhere to go and race. Formula E does provide a bit of an answer but European Le Mans series being still very much a summer championship there is opportunity to come and race uh, some great tracks in some four hour races. Edex Sport another French crew and interestingly much like some of the LMP3 teams are doing with one of each
1: chassis they've brought a Ligier and an Orica. Glad you reminded me of that, because that's actually the point I missed with Algar Pro. That is another squad that's got a Ligier and an Orica, of course. This one's slightly different. The genesis of this team's uh, splits across the cars is slightly different. Ligier, uh, JSP217, the 27 car, both cars, by the way, are mission in rubber. William Cavalles uh, Patrice, uh, Patrice Lafargue and Eric Maurice. That's, for me, a pretty standard gentleman crew. Nothing wrong with that. I think they're going to be enjoying their racing. And that's that. The 28 crew, though, Paul Loup-Chattin, uh, previous LMS Rookie of the Year, Memo Rojas and Paul Lafargue, a very much more seriously um, you know, performance-based uh, squad, made a late decision to cancel their order for a second Ligier uh, 217 and instead take delivery of a new Orica 07. Yet to really get to the, to, to the bottom of this one, um, we'll be having a conversation with their newly installed Sporting Director 1, Nicola Malazian moving across from Dragon Speed, but they clearly have got their eye on a prize here Um, Shatan in particular there I think is going to be pretty rapid has been in the past he'll be delighted to be installed with a full season drive there that's been lacking from Paul Loup's opportunities in recent seasons all too often Uh, and let's watch Reed Export looking to take a step up the ladder
0: Duquesne Engineering we have already mentioned purely because of their absence in LMP3 they move to LMP2. There is a reason for that, which Graham will explain in a moment, but it's a, a familiar livery for Duquesne. A very different car, though, an Orica 07 for Nelson Pansy Pierre Rag, and Nico Jama are the three French drivers, and they're not in
1: LMP3, Graham, because? Because they've bought Norma, is the answer. So they've bought the Norma operation for their LMP3 and their little CN um, building. Duquesne Engineering are a big engineering concern. Gilles Duquesne. Uh, no mean race for himself. Uh, wheelchair uh, you know, bound, but doesn't stop him from racing GT cars very quickly indeed. But he and his partners have now bought that operation. They made it very clear at the point of purchase that they would not be racing against their customers. So they've opted to take a step up. I think it was a plan anyway for uh, LMP2, but this is aided and abetted that. They are another team on Michelin rubber. Uh, three French drivers, all three of whom I have to say capable of very very good speed at least two of them on occasion can have the, have the odd off day my guess is they'll do well in races they may not make it quite as quickly in terms of title contention
0: on to uh, a new team to the uh, elms but no strangers to single As we've already talked about the front of the spanish crew racing engineering well these guys are spanish as well um run by uh, former racer Adrian Valles, AVF by Adrian Valles then, a Delara P217 for just a, a two-driver lineup, car 30.
1: And were quickest at the, uh, at the prologue for the ELMS, uh, and by some little distance as well. Uh, coming out of the now defunct World Series, they were you know, very much uh, you know, part of the furniture there mm-hmm. in the latter years, uh, with much success for AVF by Adrian Valles in that series. Uh, that this is, I think, one great example of where we had that. That's as a feeder series for a couple of years for the WEC. They got the chance to have a look at these cars and they liked what they saw. A bit about the car first. Uh, it's Lara P two one seven. This car, this car, won this race last year in the hands of S P Racing. SP Racing, we're using high class racing spare chassis that's now being passed over to AVF. So that is a successful car already. And it's also now, of course, got those twenty eighteen updates following the Joker process. The two drivers, which Chavez, uh, who uh, was racing with the team in World Series, was the man that set that fastest time in the uh, in the the Prologue test. Konstantin Teroshenko, another of their single seater drivers. This is a pretty well honed machine. Um, the whole uh, operation know each other extremely well. They're learning the car. Pretty clearly, they got the unlocked that code pretty effectively in testing conditions. How will this go in racing? That might be a different question. But again, here's another one. Add it to that list of teams that will be battling away, stint in, stint out. I would not at all be surprised if we saw that team very rapidly on a podium or better.
0: On the subject of Delara P217s, though, I remember last year there were concerns about its handling at times, and I remember being uh, standing at the side of the Portimao circuit, watching it go through the fast, uh, sweeping left-hander, and it was porpoising.
1: It's the the, the issue for the Delara. Very different. There were two separate issues. Two cars with different issues, really, um, in the European Le Mans Series last year and beyond, and particularly at Le Mans. The Ligier needed some help. Uh, they basically just got it wrong, as simple as that. The, the Orica was basically handing it to them on uh, the cir- quicker circuits. So the is somewhat more simple, and uh, you know, a source within the told me pretty early on we have got a problem. Uh, it's a design problem with the front splitter stalling, mm-hmm. and we could see that most visibly. I don't know when you and I were commentating Johnny at Spa, where the car was really badly porpoising at the end of the Kemmel Straits, that was making life very uncomfortable. And that was getting worse through the race as the balance just got unbalanced with the fuel coming out of the car. Um, that, we are told, has been totally solved for, for this season. And for me, I'd be pretty surprised if we didn't see the odd well pedalled uh, Delara right up at the sharp end. It won here last year in any case, despite that. Albeit, I think we had this, the, um, the Chicanon last year, didn't we? So the really high speed stuff wasn't quite getting there here here this year we haven't got the chicane it's going to be rapid
0: yep so no breaking halfway down the Mistral straight it is just uh, foot pinned all the way down into that really fast right-hander at the end of the Mistral so I'm looking forward to that and the slip streaming in offer in this uh, 40-odd car field so from one potentially very strong Delara to another one which as you say has already got a good result under its belt and Ever since two young Russian drivers came in under the tutelage of uh, of, of one um, Warren Hughes, no less, uh, it's now going to be a three-driver line-up for the number 35 car and not the same chassis, I understand.
1: Uh, it's not. This is a brand-new car delivered to the team just before the, the LMS prologue. An interesting story behind... Uh, Warren Hughes. I actually thought I heard him speaking Russian, it was just some northern dialect, apparently. <laughs> I couldn't understand either of them. The Absolutely. Uh, but SP Racing, the 35 car, late call to confirm this effort. There were there were risks that we might not have seen this, but the SP Racing outfit now have opted to do that. I think this is very much in support of their LMP one aspirations. Matevos, Zakian, Igor Rudjev were the two driver lineup that took the win last year here. And did so in very fine form. They're joined by the returning Victor Shaitar. He's been part of the SP racing uh, effort since they joined the International Grids uh, some years back. Now in a GT3 Ferrari's, um, that looks good to me. I have to say, it's a well-drilled squad in the garage. It's a well-drilled squad on Pitler on the on the the uh, perch, if you like. And it's three highly effective drivers. The two youngsters coming again out of that World Series. Both of them, I believe, race winners in the last couple of years. There, um, they're looking to up the ante in terms of their LMP1 aspirations. But as a three-driver lineup, that's another one that you can put up there with, you know, the potential to lead races and potentially to win them as well. They can't all fit on the podium, Graham. That's the difficulty. Well, it could be interesting watching them try, couldn't it? Absolutely right. And four hours this weekend
0: for the opening race of the uh, series here at Paul Ricard Le Castellet, where. It's still raining, I think. I oh, know it might have stopped now briefly, but I think it's only a brief spell. The race should be dry. Uh, five more teams, or five more, yeah, five more teams to get through. Signatech Alpine Matmut are back with what is named as an Alpine A470 car, number 36. Their uh, well-known
1: number, indeed. And this is the the other guesting WEC car here with just two of the drivers for the WEC season. Andre Nagrau and Pierre Thirrier will pilot. 36 car, that's a team I believe will only be doing this one Right. they're taking the opportunity for a bit more race mileage ahead of the WEC season to come but uh, look, look, the Alpine A470 it is an Orica 07 by any other name, Andrea Grau in particular uh, is mighty he was a real revelation in the uh, the latter part of the WC last season, Pierre Thierrier didn't have his best season last year, but we know just how effective he can be as a silver driver. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys really got this this machine going. Signatech, uh, a highly experienced, well-drilled squad. Um, if a two-driver squad uh, looks to you know, is the right way to go. Uh, and, you know, with good weather, there's no reason why it shouldn't be. This this could be, you know, pretty interesting stuff at the end of those four hours, Johnny. Uh,
0: Sydney Tech former champions in the European Le Mans series. Twice. Former t- t- yeah. twice champ, double champions, in fact. So we'll know this environment, and I'm sure they're loving being back, although it is, as you say, just a one-off appearance. Um, Graf are uh, returning once more. Now, this is where we find the other G-Drive racing car, so it's a Graf run, although G-Drive racing... Entered machine, so Russian flag for the 40 and French flagged for the graph number 39.
1: Well, it's, uh, it's familiar names up and down through the six drivers we've got here, but for all sorts of different reasons. Alexander Coignot, uh, we've seen the European Le Mans series for a couple of seasons now. Tristan Gomendy moving across to uh, this effort from Jackie Chandisi Racing at WC last year to the 39 car. And Jonathan Hershey, Swiss driver who had some outings in the mana car in the wc so 2 XWC ex-wc drivers joining 39 that could be quite an interesting combination if jonathan has one of his good days it could be a very interesting combination the 40 car uh, that features two drivers that were season-long parts of the graph racing team last year with james allen the uh, former renault driver from australia uh, paired with energy who for me johnny Um, and I think you as well was one of the revelations Mm. in the European Le Mans series last year really very quick indeed Uh, they just started to get things together by the end of the season with Richard Bradley aboard the car uh, with them but uh, Richard no longer part of this squad instead it's Jose Gutierrez who drove for Dragon Speed at the Le Mans 24 hours last year uh, in that championship winning car uh, the European Le Mans Series championship-winning car. He stepped in, in, in with G-Drive this time for a full season with Graf, Graf Racing. Uh, another one there that is a real contender. There are definitely two very quick uh, men, and one that you know has to work harder to get his pace and his cons- consistency. But he's perfectly capable of doing it.
0: And two more remaining. Both Delara's. First of all, for the Cheta Lorba Corsa entry from Italy. And it's a familiar driver lineup: Andrea Belicchi, Roberto Lacorte and Giorgio Sernagiotto in the number 47 crew. I was so pleased to be at the uh, end-of-year awards due in Portugal last year to see these guys presented as a team for the, the kind of enthusiasts award for the guys who, you know, are constantly with smiles on their faces. They arrive and, uh, you know, are the are the spirit of the, the, the paddock, effectively. And it was nice for those guys, you know, when they struggle for the odd result through the course of the year, to nevertheless come away with a spirit of the championship trophy.
1: I, t- I just totally agree. Christian Pescatori, the team manager, no mean r- racer himself going back to the late 90s and beyond. Uh, they've pulled together a really good squad, but I'd love to see Italians go racing. There's lots of wavy arms and... You know, uh, flourishes, but these guys are really serious about this program. This is a multi year program. The car looks great. It's got a marginally different livery, silvered blue this time. Looks lovely on track. It will be an eye catching combination. The three drivers have stayed together for this this effort, uh, and that will only carry them forward. And of course, it's a Delara that's had that update, so it means that some of the balance issues that they will have suffered, that will have cost them some, uh, some ground and some time, should be behind them now. <sighs> I'll wait until after Paul Rickard, but this is another one. You know, I think they're climbing that ladder. Mm. Do I think they're ready yet to win races? Possibly not. But I think this this is one of those squads that if the opportunity arises to take advantage of someone else's misfortune, they're going to be right there. They are not going to be a lap down. They're not going to be a lap down. This is a team that is climbing the ladder. And it's great to see that. And I'm I'm delighted that enthusiasm was recognised by the championship. We certainly saw it up and down the pit lane in the paddock throughout last year. And they bring with them a very large group of enthusiastic supporters for the commercial package that actually they've brought to this this race meeting. Watch for these guys at Monza. They're going to be all over it. And finally, last but
0: not least, high-class racing with their, um, let's say, very experienced uh, fast driver, Anders Fjord back, but increasingly getting better, Dennis Anderson, the uh, gentleman driver. And these two are well used to each other, but of course racing in the Renault Sport Trophy for a couple of seasons. Bring the familiar high-class racing livery, the blue and the white, back to the Delara. And, well, they were on it pretty early on in the in the year. I seem to remember them getting a podium in the first or second round.
1: Well, yeah, they they were. And it's, you know... <sighs> Look, first and foremost, another you know, Delara. Therefore, they'll have fewer problems to actually deal with. Yes. Uh, Dennis Anderson had absolutely no P two experience whatsoever before he climbed aboard uh, the uh, the Delara in testing. And the Thjordback has done a great job of coaching him through. We know that that's made uh, made some gains in the off season. They've done a lot of testing in the the, the, the forty nine Delara. <sighs> another bunch of good guys. It's a, it's an, another one of those teams that you love to see in the European Le Mans Series stepping up from those renault rso ones that was a program that they i think placed a great deal of faith in and were disappointed that went away but they've come forward they're deadly serious about this it's a mark of their progress johnny they were named as third reserve for the Le Mans 24 hours and you'll recall just a couple of years ago there being a lot of disquiet that jmw motorsport weren't on the entry there's not many teams on that reserve list that were being talked about in those terms that they really did deserve an opportunity this year that's one of them the fact that they could do that in year two to be mentioned as being maybe they've made a mistake and they didn't invite high class shows the spirit the ability the commitment that they were showing through that six race series last year
0: So that's your line-up and uh, it is very, very impressive I mean with the strides that this championship has made year on year continue to impress this could well be the best year yet, though, season 15 of the European Le Mans series. I mean, LMP2 just blows you away. And I, mean, I think you've, you've picked alone there about eight different winners for the first race this weekend.
1: It's really a shame there's only six races, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I cannot see, looking down that uh, that, uh, that order, there's a runaway um, prospect for uh, for the season. With the possible exception when Philippe Albuquerque is back, that 22 car looks very, very strong indeed. But that counts on the Ligier being where it needs to be against the rest. Um, Yeah, I think we're going to have some spectacular racing. I I really can't wait for this one. I can't wait for this year. I think we're going to some of my favourite tracks with some really, truly great cars, some excellent established drivers with real talent, and some, some of those coming men as well that are looking to make uh, gains in terms of their speed, in terms of their consistency, in terms of their standing in what is a stellar list of drivers and cars. Um, I think we're going to have some enormous fun commentating on this one, JP. Six
0: races is about right, though, isn't it? Because we had five for a good few years, and it meant that you know if you didn't get a result in just one of those races, that was your season entirely obliterated. You can now, I think, just about afford one DNF, but any more than that, and it's very tricky. It splits the men from the boys, I suppose. Um, and any more races uh, wouldn't quite give you that lottery-esque side to the championship, let's say. But yeah, I mean, it's important to be consistent. Even though you're not going to be the fastest every single weekend,
1: you've got to pick up points regularly. You do, and I think we're going to see, you know, we're going to see some of those tactics coming into it. But the best part for me about particular LMP2 field is you don't have to look very far to see three, five, seven, nine guys that are capable of absolutely ragging those things to the point where there's going to be tense between them and, and the world's best. And some of the world's best are indeed on that list. Bruno Senna was the standout talent in the WC LMP2 field last year. You know, Felipe Albuquerque, another man that we know, very difficult to match anywhere. And then you look further down and you've got the, the likes of Will Stevens, who again we've seen going out there, taking an LMP2 race by its throat and and doing what he what he will with it and it's and so many more of these guys stars are going to be made this year in that field there are going to be guys from this list of 19 that for me this is their break potential for a breakthrough year into world championship form for season 1920
0: Thank you, Graham, for all your input for the preview then to the 2018 European Le Mans Series and the Michelin Le Mans Cup. It all kicks off this weekend, a combination of RS3 and RS1. RS3 is effectively your station for ELMS coverage. So this Sunday, the race will start at midday European time through to 4pm and we'll have a full post-race tech show as well. You can catch qualifying on Saturday the 14th of April, also on RS3 from uh, Uh, 1.30 on Saturday afternoon and then the Michelin Le Mans Cup race you'll find that on RS1 on Saturday remember and it'll be an 11.40 start for the build up to qualifying two sessions back to back and the race is Saturday afternoon from 4pm but our build up starts at 3.40 for a two hour race uh, a mandatory pit stop and a driver change remember in the first race of the Michelin Le Mans Cup so we have it all covered thank you for staying tuned To the preview show. If you've missed any of it, remember it will be available as a download very shortly as well. My thanks to Graham Goodwin at dailysportscard.com, and we are thoroughly looking forward to it. We hope you are too. Be sure to join us for our coverage on Saturday and Sunday of this weekend. From Johnny and from Graham Goodwin, it's goodbye for now. This program is a radio show limited production.
1: Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.